Hey guys, Perry here, just at the top of the episode to let you know that this is a conversation that I recorded with my buddy Dexter at the Merrick Inn. Uh, I didn't do the normal what we've been drinking recently up top, but we do a really cool flying blind, uh, so I hope that you enjoy that. I will be back around at the end of the episode, though, to wrap up with some tips and bits and plugs, of course, but until then, enjoy this week's episode. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry. I don't know why I went full NPR there at the beginning, but oh well. Sitting here at the Merrick Inn restaurant in Lexington, Kentucky, across from an old buddy who's been on the show before, kind of on the, I'd say almost kind of on the side a little bit, because you were part of that conversation, but there were a couple of folks who stole the show most of it yeah I'll, I'll sit to the back sometimes <laughs> but not all the time so uh this is this is dexter murray dexter uh and i have known each other since we were in like elementary school yeah basically played baseball together yeah and just through the magic of bourbon kind of reconnected of course and you've got a wonderful family restaurant here as well thank you thank you <laughs> which we'll talk about for sure um, but we both kind of gave each other a blind to go through here as well, uh, which fits in nicely with our opening segment of Flying Blind. So look at us being on brand without even really trying. Um, <laughs> I'm super pumped to get into these. And also, you've got a Four Roses single barrel sitting on the table. Yeah, with, we'll definitely need to get into that. Yeah, with my favorite recipe. It's so, mine as well. Uh, I, I owe it all to Iverson at OBC for even introducing me for one to four roses, but that was the first recipe I'd had. Oh yeah. And, and it just absolutely blew my mind. I'm trying to think of like the first four roses recipe that I had that I realized like, Oh man, these single barrel picks like, Oh gosh. <laughs> um, I'm one of the weird guys. I like those OBS F's. Um, you don't really see a lot of them much anymore, but yeah, it's always been the OBSO OESO for me. It's just always there's like a almost like on the OB, on OBSO I I pick up a lot of that like Armagnac pear note on some of them and I mean yeah that's what I'm all about. I just recently, I mean really within the past year have developed such a love for Armagnac. I mean just in general. Yeah. And like and I've said it a few times now but if all the bourbon in the rye just disappeared it would be Armagnac. Like, that would be my 100%. 100%. That, I mean, there are some of those rums, but, like... True. Yeah. I'm taking Armagnac every day. I don't... Like, what's the other option? Absinthe? Like... <laughs> Scary there. Scary there. I can't... I, I can't even think twice about drinking absinthe more than once a year. I did it only Maybe. one time, and I was in Amsterdam, and... But that's um, the perfect place for it, though. Oh, I was, um... <laughs> Actually, no, 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 no. I was in Brussels, and um, I was with my ex-girlfriend ex of high school's family, and I had just turned 18 the day before, and we went to some bar to celebrate, and I just went up to the bar. I was like, two shots of absinthe. <laughs> shots. And he, and he pours them, <laughs> and, you know, I had no idea. And before he puts the sugar cube in, you know, I went, vroom, vroom, shot them both. <laughs> and the guy's, like, waving his hands at me, waving his hands at me. <laughs> and, yeah, never again. Well... 
my, uh, my father-in-law is a pretty big absinthe guy. And, I mean, he doesn't drink it all the time. But if we're over there and we catch that wild hair, oh, yeah. he'll be like, yeah. And he's got the whole thing. He's got, like, the scale and everything, too. I mean, just super, super nerdy about it. Just fine. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. When, when do you ever drink Armagnac? And, like... Yeah, one one time when you're in Brussels. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And then, like, with Armagnac, though, I just always feel oh, like... sorry. Absinthe. But with I Armagnac, came, I, came I feel like I forget Jeez. about it a lot. Um, and then I feel like I, normally I see that orange wax sticking up in the back. And uh, But I had a buddy give me one that was distilled in 93, and we were at some bottle share, and I was like, oh, that's when I was born. He, of course, it was Mossack, just goes... Well, it's yours yeah, now. Yeah, of course, of course. And I was Mossack like, oh, that. thanks. We literally just cracked it. But there is a somewhere out in the ether now. We did a private tasting at Mossack's house. I recorded it. I recorded it for Patreon and everything, too. No idea where those files are. Like, I never, I never got around to releasing it. <laughs> could be a good thing, though. <laughs> it could be a good it was, thing. It was very professional. We were all of the understanding that it was being recorded. Oh, it wasn't good. that big a deal. And just... Totally dropped the ball on it. No idea where those files are. It was a great time, though. Oh, we yeah. Had, we had a good time. So, anyway. What on earth did you pour for me? The, I, I'm getting the feeling. I know this one's dusty. There's no way that one isn't dusty. Oh, uh, here. Let me look at my list. <laughs> Sorry. And I'll try to be more specific. Number one. Yes. Definitely a dusty. Um, actually, funny thing about that bottle was um, one of the people we know um fellow guitar geek uh travis trisco found that in his parents house and his i've um, the story's correct his dad's dad owned and lived in the house his whole life and mr trisco's lived in the house his whole life so it's been like there for 50 years and he just found it and he's like if anyone's supposed to have a sample of it you're supposed to so i was like well okay that's amazing danny taught my dad how to play guitar okay like dance the man. It was like right around the time that Velvet Elvis was super popular, and oh, like yeah. my dad was really starting to, you know, want to play guitar. And he was like, "Hey, Dan, can you can you give me lessons?" He was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Dan's but, so cool. The whole Triscos are so cool. Oh, for sure. I used to, so I lived like, I guess two blocks away from them. Mm-hmm. We'd go over there, and Dan had all the guitars on the wall, and. I wouldn't even want to play him. He'd let you play whatever guitar it was. I mean, he'd have, you know, he could pull out a pre-World War II Martin, and he'd be like, here, play it. I've never seen it there. I'm not saying don't go to his house yeah, looking yeah. for it, but um, I have no, to believe the about best. their name every time that we've said it. Oh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> Our bad. Hey, that's it's, just, um, what's it called? We're just, local shows will be back, so we're just, you know, promoting. Oh, pre, it's pre-head. all about the promotion. Yeah. What, I, what is Dan's new band? Oh, They're not a new band. I mean, they've been together. It's for the like the trio years. that are just funky too. Um, uh-huh. Man, of course it's blanking me. <laughs> and of course, I was like looking at it earlier today because uh, Dan popped up on Mutual Friends. I should know, and I was like, "How are we not friends on Facebook?" Yeah, those are gonna throw you for a loop. Those are all way different. Is this a Heaven Hill Dusty? Which one are you on? Three. Um, it's one of those ones, I think that it, I want to say you're right, but <laughs> it's one of those brands that jumped around a lot. If, I mean, if it's like JTS Brown or something, then it's probably... You're close there, but not that. Damp? Yeah, it's damp. Oh. You're right. So, like, well, that might be National Distillers then, It right? could be ND, but that, at this point, I don't think it is. 
but I mean, you guessed it, so I'm giving it to you. It's 74 Dance. So I think that's – is that Heaven Hill? Because didn't National Distillers close the castle in 72, I believe? Let's just let's just look it up. I should – JV Dance 74? Yeah. I should know because National Distillers and, is my favorite. I mean, I put it over Stitzel. That is delicious, by the way. I don't, I don't think I have a guess on the other two. I think, okay, so um, what, I've only had one and two. I think two is a Wilderness Trail product of some sort. Could be. And I think one's like one of those four-year-and-a-half like new riffs, but I've known to have been wrong. <laughs> threes, man. Threes just so dark, so I think threes kind of like some, something a little older. Okay, so this was when Dant was distilled by Dant. Okay, yeah. So it wasn't until 93 that Heaven Hill acquired it. Interesting, okay. So, so dang, there's only really technically three years of pre-fire Dant, which people... I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jeremy Kendrick would be the guy to ask. He's the Dant lord, in my opinion. He's incredible. When I... For, for Whiskey Weekend last year, he brought... Uh, a Dant decanter out. Uh, he must have like a million. Because <laughs> I've heard so many stories of him popping a Dant decanter or at like golf scrambles, bringing like a half gallon Dant from like 60s, just being like, oh, here, I brought a little something. Just, just something to kind of throw around. Let me, okay, I want to make sure that I didn't swap your okay. one and two on accident. You tell me. The funny thing is, on yours, one of them I've never had before. It's a, and it's a newer release. Okay. I I did swap them, but I what I know what's what. So, <laughs> to be honest, okay. I, okay. three. I want to think it's like a wild turkey pick. It's actually Jack Daniels. Jeez, oh. it's Jack Daniels single barrel barrel. Proof. Really? Yeah, it's from the Nashville Whiskey House. Okay. And they had a, there, there was a guy who had come across a bunch of bottles. I think they were like in a store. Man, that's and good though. It's so good, man. I've only, I, it's only been a couple of days since I cracked it. But I would have never, I see, because I haven't had, to be honest, haven't had any Jack Daniels single barrels, but I've been wanting to because people always say like, oh man, bang for the buck. That's, for sure. the, that's the thing is that it's become my and I, I say this, and I don't mean it because people have known about it, but like my favorite or greatest discovery over the past year is just how great they are. And if I can't find Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, I'm going for that. And I guess if I can't find that, I'm just stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, true. Or have you tried, have you tried the Benchmark Full Proof yet? I haven't, but I've heard, I it, mean. It's actually good. I've I, heard I mean, it's I, the I like Stag it. Junior Junior. Oh, it absolutely is. 100%. It's like the leftover batch that didn't quite make it to Stag Junior. Well, that Junior. makes sense because I've always heard the story of Benchmark. It's, that's what we actually use the well here is yep. that it's, you know, I've heard that some nine-year Buffalo Trace barrels that don't meet criteria get mm -hmm. thrown in the blend. Um, but I just can't believe with the, dis I mean, Kudos to them, I guess, for being able to make all these new brands and, you know, new expressions on lower proof brands. But I just, why don't you all just chill out and release more? Well, that's what we've all been talking about over the past year, for sure. Or just like, I don't know. I mean, 
I, I totally don't disagree with you, especially when it comes to the Weller products. Yeah. And, and that's a soft think, spot for me. Yeah, and I think that's the greatest source of pain that <laughs> we've all kind of dealt with over the past year. Yeah. Or past couple of years, really, with, you know, CYPB coming out and then the single barrel and um, full, I mean, foolproof, I think, I don't know. I kind of give foolproof a pass. I do too. Because it's it's a good enough product, but everything else just kind of seems to be meh. Eh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'm one of the, we, I'm a weeded that's my go-to weeders, yeah. especially Stitzel weeders. Um, I mean, I like some of those old Heaven Hill weeders. Um, I th- I'm one of the weird guys. I cannot stand William LaRue Weller. Really? 20, 2016 William LaRue Weller. Hated it. Wow. But I'm one of the weird guys. I don't think Weller should be over 120 proof. I think it needs a little bit of water. And I, you can throw me on a cross for that. But I think that I 114 think to like 117 proof... And I don't think it needs to really go over 12 years. I mean, I, I've not, I've not really had a bad foolproof yet. Same, you know. Um, I've had some pretty stellar ones too. Yeah, and I, I know of maybe one that Buffalo Trace dropped the ball on because it was picked and then sat in the barrel for two or three more months, and then the group got it and or they like, just what is this? They straight up said this is not what we picked, and of course, Sazerac's not going to refund their money. No. Or give them another barrel. But no. Thanks for playing. Is. Yeah, right. So one for you. It's funny. You got a couple of them flipped around. One for you is a BT pick that I was on Ooh. in December um, with the Texas Whiskey Consortium. My buddy. And you know, that's a word I had not seen in years. In the last consortium or yeah. Texas? No, consortium. <laughs> I haven't seen consortium in like years. And then, of course, in the last two years. That's an awesome awesome sticker oh it's great it's you great. didn't tell me we had a short pair i love that <laughs> which we we didn't know either but uh two for you is riffmas story okay which was our first official podcast pick okay so i was kind game. of right somewhere in yeah. there i do have I, I actually do have nope that's the jack i'll get it out for you to look at we might get Ooh. into that bar over there at some point i am totally down for that because <laughs> there's some stuff that i haven't had and of course i need to have the expertise to sell this is the best wilderness trail pick I've ever had. Let me see that. Hands down. I it's, keep telling people, like, that's a thing, too, with, like, nowadays people come up to the bar. Oh, yo, I see you all have Blanton's. Oh, look at those Wellers. <laughs> I keep telling people, I'm like, no, you need to watch out for the Will- two W's. Willet, Wilderness Trail. Um, I think here in three, four years, it's going to be their game, and everyone's going to need to catch up. What, what is it about Willet? that is catching your eye because i've not really i've never really been much of a willet fan and they've always kind of felt like a pay-to-play True. distillery um you know and i know that like the willet you know there's the buffalo trace fan group which is kind of what most of the bourbon community is and then the willet group definitely seems like a group of people that's hard to get into or it's kind of elusive or absolutely out of your pay grade but i just think that you know the the reason that the bottles are the prices they are is because it is kind of a new thing and that group that kind of promotes it definitely makes it seem like a premium bourbon for sure but the one thing that blew my mind away was we went down i went to whiskey pig 
guess three years ago or two years ago now. And I had that leap of faith three-year rye that was picked oh, by yeah. that Quentin Wise guy for uh-huh. his, his wedding. It was a three-year Hoffemeister barrel. And I forget the story of why the Hoffemeister barrel makes it um, what's so special about it. Right. I think it's a certain size and all that. I mean, I had been drinking crazy stuff all night at Whiskey Pig. <laughs> and someone poured me that, and I had just had Saz 18, like, maybe 20 minutes prior. Right. And I looked at him and was like, this is, this is a Thomas Handy, like an old Thomas Handy, or this could be one of those vintage ryes, because it was a, a Willet event, you know. Yeah. And it's a three-year rye. It blew me out of the water. To the point where I saw one the other day at, I think, $500, and I seriously Considered contemplated it, because it, yeah. it was just... So I think that they have a lot of potential, and they're new distillate. I, you know, I think it'll get to a point where it's going to be more... There'll be more of it. And then if you saw his new TTB, I think uh, Drew posted on Instagram story, they're doing a eight-year, 107-proof, like, general release. And the bottle looks like a, it's... I didn't know that. I'll show you a, a photo of it. It's a beautiful bottle. Is it? It looks like a wine bottle, and it looks like one of those old, you know, like Chateau de Philippe bottles or something like mm-hmm. that. And I know that they take a lot of... Um, things from napa and you know they are i believe french and you could see it when you go to the distillery yeah let me see if i find this photo it's really pretty bottle and that gives me a lot of hope that it'll be more of a thing that we can reach for um but then to the other side of the coin you know wilderness trail is definitely more easy to come across for the people um and i just think that you know we a lot of people just haven't had much of because their stock's probably getting up there towards the six-year around there. Well, they, they just put out... Um, the six-year weeded. For, well, right, but they put out a six-year, like six, six-year, eight-month weeded pick for Derby mm. this past week. Okay, so the, yeah. Um, but yeah, they've got their, their six-year bottle and bond, both with the weeded and the rye bourbons, which I didn't even realize that they had stock that old in the, in the rye bourbon. Yeah. And somebody i think it was in one of my group chats they're like hey i just picked up the six-year wilderness trail and you know i thought the six-year wheat was good not great i thought four year was really where it shines yeah and they're like it's the six-year rye bourbon and i was like that's not possible that that's not a thing that nobody has that yet and he sent me a picture of the label absolutely lost my mind they just have some i mean Pat down there is just a wizard. He, oh, absolutely. And I don't mean to say that because he's got a, the awesome beard and all that. Like, <laughs> don't, don't, but I mean, I actually have not met him, but I like what he does. And I really appreciate how the way they did it and the way New Rift did it. Like, we're not going to put out anything under four year, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and I do think New Rift too is one of those ones that will be, depending on how they do, I still think that they'll be a big hitter in a few years, depending on how much. You know, because like we could be at another, I think we've all been talking the last, since I got into bourbon at 21, six years ago, we've all talked all the bubble, the bubble, the bubble. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be another 80s situation where we get to like a glut era where there's just going to be so much of it here in a few years. I think that we're already kind of on the cusp of that. And it's, it's being fed by these overnight bourbon brands. Yeah. Right. Whether it's the the six months or the two years or the, you know, the uh, whatever um, Ozzy Tyler was doing, you know, before they're now 
green distillery or whatever it is. Yeah, but I like, I, I think that that's where we're seeing a lot of the saturation. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily because it is offering people something different. But if it's subpar product, it's going it, to be really hard to hook someone back in too. Cause like yeah, think of, um, you know, you try some bourbon from this thing and or from a distillery and it's not, it's, it's a, it's fairly new or very young and it's just not very good. It's going to be a long time till you ever think to pick that back up. Um, but and you know, and then also too, I'm curious to see as to what Castle and Key does. Um, that we actually use that restoration rye in a, in a Manhattan cocktail on the list right now, and I saw quite a bit of it. It's and it's I think in a Manhattan, it's phenomenal. I Have th- I had it by itself yet? Not yet, but that doesn't mean that I'm not pushing it to the side. Sure. I just haven't had time to. I temper your expectations with it neat. Yeah, because it, it's just. It's aggressively fine. So maybe you can just blurt this whole segment out, but what do you <laughs> think's going to go on to that? Because I have people ask me all the time about it, and I always say the same thing. I say it's going to be a very tough job to fill. One, let's say you go hire Harlan Wheatley. Sure. He would never go do that. I don't think he would, but he'd never do that. Well, let's say you hire Harlan. Well, the bourbon comes out, and it's the best bourbon to ever come out it tastes like old taylor from national distillers yeah he ain't gonna get credit for it but if the whiskey's the worst whiskey of all time guess who gets the butt of it he will because he's the master distiller yeah so i just think that they're in a tough situation but not really because i'm pretty sure the product i mean it has potential i think no i think that's the the driving force behind it is that it does need a (laughs) <laughs> that jack yeah just yeah. like it completely just changed on me it i think that their ride does need a couple more years to really truly shine but it's it's a double-edged sword because who was there before was so passionate about it and remains confident and proud of the product that was made but you're right if they bring in one name for the brand you've either really got to be on your game or you've just got to completely step away from that batch and say, Hey, we're doing something completely different. Yeah. And also too, I think they did proof that that three year, I, I want to say it's like one Oh six or something. So there's no saying that if they bottled it down at 95 or maybe a hundred, that it would maybe kind of tame some of the notes and raise some of the notes of the grain right. that would make it stand out. There's, but, I, I think the original Reese, original release excuse me was like 1037 okay and they've got single barrels that are i think into the one teens and i just am curious to see too like when some of those actual private picks will start coming out but i believe that most of those people that bought those barrels earlier are gonna just they were i i don't remember what they cost but i would assume that they're gonna let them stay as long as they as they can just to get you know some money back on it, it. it <laughs> and well not some money back but meaning like you know i know they were expensive barrels but like you don't want to pull out and pull at a three-year when you could say okay let's just do a five-year or something yeah like that yeah i <laughs> i will talk to it as much as i can you know because i still 
no people on both sides of the yeah. fence. Um, yeah, I probably it, should be quiet too. No, 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 no. It's so I don't, I don't think that um, we're out of line by saying anything that we have said. Um, but y- you know, they always said, well, not always. They have said since um, her departure that they don't need a master distiller, and so they're gonna have like a team of master distillers, which is fine i mean do do whatever you think is best for your yeah your distillery but there's no face for the brand anymore there's no real driving force or or you know and i think though that that's a distillery that could probably do without that i mean they have the the castle out front you know like they have something not a face but they have something to build that brand around and they do have a lot of history as well I, I think I agree with you, and I think if they're going to go in that direction, um, they would have to lean heavily on Taylor, um, not not just as uh, a patriarch, but also as a a brand yeah. item, uh, which they can't do unless they right basically it. sell their entire property property so that they can get that brand back from Buffalo Trace. Yeah, you and, know yeah. that's and that's never going to happen. So you, it, it's. Again, stuck between a rock and a hard place, but I, I think they will succeed. I think if they are, if they can maintain patience, they'll succeed as yeah. well. Um, but I really think that they rushed it on getting these these first rye bottles out the door. They are pretty bottles, though. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> they are pretty bottles. I'll give them that. I'm not crazy about the label, but I think the the, need... the bottle itself. Well, yeah, neither am I. And the only and then my complaint about them is because I'm a bar. They're they're sometimes at 7:30 when you're getting rushed and having to make four <laughs> Manhattans of them. It's kind of hard to get that cap up, but oh, for I mean, sure. That's the least of a complaint <laughs> ever. And I never told you what you. I was just about to ask you so, that. So number one is. A 84 Wild Turkey 101 proof, and it says P-O-U-L-T. And I guess that's like the decanter it was in. Because it was a decanter that he got it from. I was going to say, it tasted a lot like Dusty Turkey. Uh, Number two is William Heaven Hill 16, which I have not had. But I had the 12-year cash strength Saturday night. Um, A gentleman that sat at my bar had a pour and decided to buy me a half ounce and. I go. had it after I was clocked out, of course. <laughs> um, and then, yes, three was 74 Daint. Daint, 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 whatever you want to call it. Daint, Ain't Daint. All three of these truly are freaking awesome, man. Oh, I would, uh, to be honest, I can go drink like a hazmat stag or something, but 101 Wild Turkey lights me up. Yep. And I'm mad that I never <laughs> bought enough of Wild... Not not the 101s, but... I don't really like saying this, and I'll probably go home and cash out so that I can get some <laughs> before they go up. But um, those Wild Turkey Freedoms, they come mm. in like the two, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the 7 to 13 blend. Uh-huh. I had that and donut side by side one night. And I mean, we had... It was some big bottle share in Louisville with a bunch of guys from all over the country... And I don't know how I got invited. I followed this guy named Whiskey Grab on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And they were in Louisville, and he was posting this, like, Airbnb, and they had this huge bottle share. And I just messaged him. was like, oh, man, that looks like a lot of fun. He's like, come on. Come on up. <laughs> I mean, I had, like, That's part of the community very right old there. Fitzgerald 10-year. I, 
I so I can't really say if the palate was all the way there, but that freedom and donut, the donut barely won. And those freedoms are still kind of cheapish. Well, to the market now, they're the, extremely cheap. Yeah. Like 220 bucks shit, which is hard to beat. That's that's that, like retail that's a of a good, bottle now. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I mean, like that that's almost an immediate buy. Yeah, but now and then like those donuts, I just I'll never be able to have another one, and it's it hurts me because I only have one left, and that's <laughs> that or the CGFs. I just I wish I was able to get more turkey, but I was always in the, at that time in life. I was still like anything National Distillers old granddad, any Stitzeweller old fits. Like I have that. Like yeah, that those are my go to, and I'm glad I did because. But at the same time, with the market now. I don't even want to drink some of my 200 milliliters or my half fits. Yeah, and sure. I hate saying that because I never bought a bottle to just sit and look at. I always bought them to drink or share with people. And I think also, too, that COVID hasn't helped. I mean, there hasn't been instances where you can go meet up with, like, 20 people and yeah. drink a bunch of whiskey and not worry about, like, the repercussions of that. See, th- that, was a, that was something that I kind of had to come to terms with at the end of last year as my daughter was being born and as I was kind of, you know, being reflective and thinking about what it was that had been happening. And I did realize that I had, you know, been drinking more to cope. Right. Cause it's a bizarre, scary time. And Oh yeah. That I'm about to become a dad. And That's, so like, sounds terrifying to it, me. It, 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 it in many ways was, but at the same time, um, by the time she got here, I was just like, let's do this. You know, I didn't have any other way to express it because yeah. you, you, and, and I've heard this almost once a week for the past maybe five or six years. You're never going to have a moment where you sit down and say, I'm ready to be a parent now. Like it just kind of happens. And once, once it does, you're like, hit the ground running. Let's get at it. And afterwards, there's no, there's no turning back. And it's the best thing ever. I mean, like, I can't, I can't deny it. You know, that's what everyone says. And I was literally about to ask you. So like, is it the, you know, is it the best thing that's ever happened to you? hundred percent. It's so cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. All right. We're going to, my girlfriend's going to listen to this and we're going to just blank this whole thing out. Um, But no, I'm just like that. I've been very, like, to be honest, my drinking during COVID actually surprisingly went down. There was actually either, I could say there was a good four, maybe like a five month stretch where I don't even have, I didn't have a beer. I didn't have a whiskey. Wow. And it wasn't like I didn't, one day it was like, okay, sober quarantine or anything. It just happened. That's a level of coping as well. Yeah. And um, also too, and it was just, you know, I don't know. I haven't been having a lot of experiences since Right now with COVID and unemployment and all that, a lot of the, you know, the restaurants, we're short staffed, so I'm working all yeah. the time. And, by, you know, it just, people do invite you out, the small get-togethers yep. and stuff. But by the time you're done here and, you know, you're, you're tired, you're like, I don't want to go drink. Well, I do want to go drink whiskey, but I don't want to have to go talk to more people, even though they're yeah. buddies and acquaintances. It's just like, I'm spent. Uh, more people that you're exposed to yeah well. and you know I mean, like there's it, it of course like i start to get analytical about it and i'm thinking like how much am i actually you know 
doing myself any favors by yeah and i honestly i'm not that per i'm not the big I, the beginning yeah i was terrified now i'm not as so much but well as i mean truth be told once i got vaccinated i was like i'm not i'm not as worried about it and you could I see still that have to be as, careful as the general you could see that as amongst the general public i mean yeah. working at a restaurant or any I, it's definitely people are ready to start Let's go. No, they absolutely are. And I'm worried yeah. about summer. I think, but at the same time, I'll take it day by day. I'm, I can't live in fear any more longer. <laughs> like it, that was that Underst- was a tough year. So. Understandably so. Yeah, it, and it, it's it is not funny, but it is something that does have to be talked about as well. We're sitting in the restaurant that y'all almost had to just give up on yeah i mean there we had to reinvent the wheel here like that's the thing a lot of people don't understand is you know we were dropped down to 33 percent, and then we were completely shut down and then we had to start as a a complete to-go restaurant yeah and 40 something years out we've never done that and you know we did get a break here and there you know i had our weller foolproof barrel come in during Mm -hmm. covid um that helped one night carry that was that was a crazy night here. <laughs> and, you know, we've had some things. I had that Eagle Rare Barrel that about to say. Um, helped and also <laughs> caused a little stir. But, uh, <laughs> you know. That's not. We don't have to talk about that yeah, right yeah, now. No, it's that, that was not um, your fault. No, no. And <laughs> I, I've now learned how to word, word post better now. So that's good. But, yeah, it's just, it's been very weird. And, I mean, um we're definitely towards the end of it and we're definitely, you know, the PPP definitely saved, saved us for sure. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand that. I'm not in handle that side of the business. Very, the, my head would explode if I started <laughs> looking at numbers and all that. But, um, yeah. And like, you know, it's weird. Like here we are Monday night, which is normally tip has always been half price buy wine night, and prime rib night. We've closed down on Mondays just to, you know, kind of put some more money in the checking account and just, you know, make it to we, the whole goal when this was all happening was to make it to this spring and this, this summer. And sure enough. And you know, <laughs> it's spring, it's spring. We yeah. made it, you know, and luckily it's just, I'm just curious. And you can see at every fast food place that's affected last oh, uh, sure. Saturday night, I left here at 1245 and didn't eat anything here for some reason, some reason not. And so I was like, oh, I'll go to McDonald's. Well, there's 30 cars in the thing, and it's probably because they have two people working. Yeah. Well, then I was like, all right, we'll go to rallies. No, there's 10 people out front and 10 cars. I was like, all right, well, the worst <laughs> of the worst, we'll go to Taco Bell. That was, they were in Tate's Creek Center, parked across the street into the bank parking lot. The line was so long. So oh, I was crap. like, all right, a PB&J at home sounds delicious. <laughs> so I, I don't know. And I, and we don't have to really talk about it anymore. We can go back to whiskey. But, yeah, of course. Um, I'm just glad that for the most part, it's it's not over, but it's almost over. Well, and I mean, there were a lot of people who came out in support of you all, of course, oh. during everything. And, you know, we were really blessed. I mean, we have a lot of really good customers and people. Um, I won't say his name and. He's actually the guy that gifted us the 74 dance sample. A uh, guy that's not in from, he's not from Kentucky, he's from Minnesota. 
He's bought, I think, about $500 worth of gift cards. That's awesome. He's never been here. Has never, just, just us through the boards, and we've talked over face, like, we've sent each other long two-minute messages on Facebook Messenger, and, like, that's it. And I was up in Minnesota for my girlfriend's grandmother's birthday, and he was, it was 10 minutes from his house. He just came, dropped off a bag of, like, 74 Dant, was, like, CGF samples and all this stuff. Never met the guy before. And, I mean, just people like that and people that were picking up, you know, they were picking up like fried chicken orders and not even picking up the food and tipping. And they, were, they would call and say, hey, if one of the servers wants to take the food home, take it. So we were really blessed. And, you know, I get it from my dad and he gets it from his grandparents who started it. We were never of, we would have shut the doors before we would have ever asked anyone like, like a GoFundMe or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And there were days where we kind of just thought about it was a good run. Yeah. And, you know, I give it to my hats off to my dad. He's still the, the, the main man here and runs the show. And I know some people think that I have some saying that I don't. Re well, <laughs> I do have some, but he's the reason. <laughs> I mean, I can't. He kind of amazed me just of how he completely rewrote the wheel. And, you know, we built this patio bar and he never really, you know, I looked at one point. I just was like, maybe I'll go be a mailman. Like, I'm done with this. And he never done. He never stopped. Kept looking. And he's been here. Started when he was 12. He's 61 now. So I mean, he could have easily been like Pontius Pilate and sure. wiped his hands. But we're still here. So that's all that matters, man. And I and I hope we'll be here a lot longer. So yeah, it's fun. And now it's like we're gonna get back to kind of doing more. Um, what I've been trying to focus on is doing more like bourbon dinners like I used to, yeah. um, which was a huge thing. And I just can't believe I look back at like who we had here, like Dixon, Jimmy, Russell yeah. and all them. So we're going to start doing that. And, you know, we're going to get last year kind of screwed us with barrel picks. It was hard to get some, but this year I've already got a few planned out. I'm trying to get more and more, but we're also trying to do more for like charity stuff just yeah. because it's, you could go pick a barrel. I mean, we get allocated it, but I'd rather drink and share it with someone. Yeah, exactly. And, like, help people than just, you know, just buy the barrel and sell it the regular way. Yeah. So I have a few things up the sleeve on that end, but it's also just hard because a lot of the distillery brands and a lot of their allocations, they've kind of, um, they don't love Kentucky really anymore. You talked about, like, even Kentucky brands? Oh, yeah. Um, just allocations for, like, you know, like a certain brand cut allocation for Kentucky completely. I, and I've heard to the effect of, like, 38%. And I don't know where that came from. That's not from someone on that side. That's just the rumor I've heard on, like, the guys on Twitter that, yeah. you know, put out random stuff that from sometimes, time to time, they're pretty true on their stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard... And then it's also hard with some of the big distilleries. You're kind of locked in on an allocation. Like you can't, like, I, okay, let's say I'm allocated an Eagle Rare barrel. Well, I'd love a Blanton's barrel or any other type of barrel. Well, it's like, well, you picked an Eagle Rare three years ago. You're going to keep getting an Eagle Rare, which at this, I'm not going to complain, but it'd be nice for some variety. But like a place like Buffalo Trace, it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. You're going to buy what they have or 
someone else is going to buy it. It, we can kind of roll our eyes, but I mean, Bernie Lubbers means it when he says it's a bourbon industry, not a bourbon charity. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, and like, I, I get it. I get it. I get it too, but it just, it's, it's, it stinks when you see like a certain in a place. Okay. The private barrel program shut down to 2022. Well, then you see some guys picking barrels and they're not associated to a restaurant or a liquor store or anything. And you're just like, well, how's that work? <laughs> We've been supporting for years, but yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, and I try to be, dude, this Four Roses is legit. <laughs> but um, it, it, it is one of the more frustrating parts that you do realize that, and, and, and I talks. know that it's not the people that are representing like our state. It's not them saying it. It's the it's the heads. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I understand. It's it's you know, you know, you have the market here. I know you want to get markets in other states, and you know, well, it, it's it's one of the reasons that I kind of when it was first announced gave it a pass. But then the longer that it's gone on, I've not understood why it hasn't looped back around, but, well, two, two products from them. But when Heaven Hill did Elijah Craig Rye, when they first announced that, was that the beginning of last year, end of 2019? Yeah, that was a while ago, I feel yeah. like. So they had said that they were only going to do it in select markets, and it turned out that it was to focus on markets that were mostly cocktail-driven, right? And I was like, okay, that's fine. That means it'll make its way back here. Makes sense. And yeah. it has. I mean, we, we can now find it on shelves. Yeah. It's not the easiest thing in the world to pick up, but, yeah. it's, but it's around. And then the other one is when they did away with the bottled and bond six-year in favor of the s- upping the price by 300% and tacking on one, eight, or one, one year. year. Excuse yeah. me. And <clears throat> the, the rumor was always the same thing. It's going to go to different markets, and it's going to make its way back to yeah. Kentucky eventually. Because, you know, I feel like they could also say, too, like, oh, well, if it doesn't do well in this market, we'll bring it right back to Kentucky. Yeah. But it sells out in California immediately. And I would say that they could probably get a higher MSRP out there. Oh, absolutely. And I, absolutely. I don't blame them. And it's hard for me to ever hate on Heaven Hills, especially being family-owned, Kentucky, you know, I'm right kind of in that wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but... <laughs> I don't know. Um, it just, it's just kind of weird. I, it just, you know, I, I always still would always think that a Kentucky distillery would always want to show love to Kentucky, especially because, you know, in the 90s and the early 2000s, we were the ones support, like, yeah. we were on the back of it before everyone yeah. else was on the back of it. But it is what it is. And I, yeah. And I mean, It'll come the, back eventually. It, it will, and there's only so much that we can, like, wax poetic about the past with as well. Oh, yeah. You know? I, and and it, it's a business model that seems to have proven true for them. And, I mean, Kentucky's not the only place that bourbon is popular anymore. Oh, 100%. I mean, it, it's and it's not even just the U.S. It's a global thing at this point. And I would assume that... You know, countries like Japan or other overseas countries are like, look, we'll buy it and we'll pay $20 more for it a bottle or I, something. I think. Or can they it, not? I assume they probably can't do that. I, no, I think that's generally the, the rule of thumb 
but like India is the most consuming whiskey country on the planet. Really? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. There's one point something billion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I would say that that's probably whiskey, like in Scotch, Irish whiskey, not just like bourbon whiskey. Well, or yeah, American of course. Whiskey, right? But I mean, we can. I don't think that there's anything saying that bourbon shouldn't be lumped in with that. No, it should. Well. No, it should be. I just think too, like. We all knew bourbon was going to be next, especially like when the Japanese whiskeys started getting really the the stocks were really short. It's like, well, where like, because Scotch is always still gonna Scotch is always one of those markets that you're not gonna get the average person that's like wanting a Blanton's or an Eagle Rare. They're not gonna not one not a week later they're gonna be like a Macallan 18 sounds wonderful, <laughs> and that's a market that also prices its. You got to be. Kind of angry, old, and rich to be in the scotch, in I, my yeah, opinion. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, so on some, but I'm also not a scotch guy. It, that's the peat, something I can't do. I've, I've come around to scotch. Um, I love single malt whiskeys. I think they're spectacular. Um, I wouldn't say I fully enjoy peated scotch. I think I tolerate it more than anything. Um, but it's, it's a nice alternative every now and then. For me to drink, yeah, scotch, but otherwise, just give me, just give me turkey one hundred and one, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so give, me, give me rare breed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, I'll ask you this: Is Ooh. rare breed gonna? As, I've heard rumors that oh, they're doing single barrels of rare breed, and then I'm like, wait, how are they doing single barrels of rare breed if it's a blend? And then I saw like Rare Bird said, how are they do? You know, he said it's a blend. They're not doing single barrels of it. But then I've heard from some sources, oh, no, it's, it's happening. I, I personally have not heard anything that Dave Jennings hasn't heard. And I don't think that will ever be the case, of course. But he's, um, he knows. Well, of course, yeah. But I, I, think, I think that Turkey is, and this is a separate conversation as well, but Turkey is so behind on the trends that... It's possible that rare breed picks didn't even cross their mind until recently. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, they, but I like that about Turkey. That's why I, I think Turkey is kind of this cult thing is because they don't really, they release yeah. what they want to release and what Jimmy and Eddie thinks good, which 99.9% of the time is right. Except for the time Eddie slapped me in the back of the head. That was not funny. <laughs> I said, I was like, we were on a barrel pick and I was like, man, this is that the pick that you went on where you had to show your ID? No, that was, that, a four roses that was actually, yeah, that was four roses. And, and it was how young I yeah, ID'd me right. on the pick. And I was like, Oh, I love that. But no, Eddie, I said like, man, this tastes like bubble gum. And he just <laughs> went, what? And he was like, if Jimmy heard you say that he would have told you to leave. And I was like, why? He goes, it's vanilla. It's caramel. That's it. And I was like, I will just keep my mouth quiet the rest of the day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, I, but I, I, I do love that kind of the guy trying to catch up, always a couple yards behind everybody else aspect of, of Turkey. But I do think that they need, and maybe it's this Russell's 13 year that's about to come out. I'm excited about that. I can't wait, dude. I, it's, it's like, what, 70 bucks a bottle? Yeah, but we say that, but then how many people lost their mind for the last 17 year they did? 
which we I, didn't even I, get any here, and I'm so upset about. Because, have you tried it? Oh yeah, it's 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 phenomenal. I might give you the rest of my bottle. Oh okay, sure. <laughs> I I don't think it opened up well. I had it next to some Dusties too, Turkey. I think I had it next to like a '78 uh, 101. So that could have also played into it because 101, like it treats me like 17, like Everclear, like it. <laughs> I don't know what it is about old one. Like I just can't do it. But you give me one, you give me this William Hepburn Hill 16 year at cask, and I'm like, oh, that drinks like it's 100 proof or something. It. And that that William Heaven Hill was hot on the first sip, but afterwards it just cleared itself I'm right have up. Some of that because I haven't had it. <laughs> we had that twelve year. We I have a twelve year. Uh, it's like one something proof, and then I also have a fourteen year that's cut at like one fifteen on the bar. So I had that twelve year, and uh, but no, there's one over there that keeps staring at me really bad. Go grab it. This is my favorite. Not all time. Okay, so this might not be my favorite of all time, but... <laughs> Close enough? Yeah, this and Saz 18 are the only bottles, I think, like... So, so what you pulled out was Eagle Rare 17. Eagle Rare 17, that first year, 2019, where they put it back to the original 100. Back to 101. 101. I mean... I haven't had it in a minute. I got the, you know, the sample pack from... Buffalo Trace. Cause, be nice. Yeah, it, you know, that was one of those moments where I was like, "Hey, we kind of matter Ma- a little Mama, bit." Mama, I we, made it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was a. Uh, I had high hopes for it, and I think that when I stacked it up against everything else that came out in 2019, 19 was a good year. 19 was a really good year. Um, it it just kind of fell flat against everything else yeah i mean it's hard to if you're putting it up against i mean i don't like william larue but if you're putting it up against william larue and stag and depending on what order you have it in yeah it might not stand out but i was also a really big fan of all the 90 proof stuff i don't think i had anything before 101 i mean they've always been super Vanilla bombs, like super vanilla, yeah. really not like caramel. I mean, caramel is a big note, but like I get like Werther's caramel, kind of like a hard caramel candy more than like the fudgy caramel. But as you were saying that, I started tasting it, but I was I was getting over the hump of that big like chocolate covered cherry note. Yeah, that it, is always on Eagle Rare. Like well, at the very and tip these of the two, I believe, because like you know, I have a, a three pack case, and they were the twenty twenty, not this year's, maybe last year's. I had a three. I just had like I didn't get three of them. I wish I did, but <laughs> I had the box, and they say Old Prentice Distillery DSP one one three. Oh, so I believe that all these are probably Old Prentice ones that they probably still tank, even though I've seen. Like those that double eagle that was still in a barrel, and they keep. But was they it keep, really? But they keep them in that. I don't guess I'm not really. I no, I know it's the the, the last drop con- or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The climate control. So I area. mean, everyone's seen that, so I guess it's not like a secret. It's not a secret anymore. But you know, they had some ancient ancient age in there that was from ancient ancient age distillery. So I wonder how long it ages in there because we all know the Saz 18 they tank, and I've never seen where these tanks are, but. The old Prentice, I remember I had a I had a three seven five with the ten year neck label old Prentice ten year, 
and I was at some Christmas party, and this is like six years ago, and I brought it, and I poured it into like a red Solo cup because there was nothing else. <laughs> and I took a sip, and I thought someone had put grenadine in it. It was so cherry really? sweet. And I went to sit some girl's house and grabbed a glass, and of course it had like you know like stickers all over this glass. It was not a Glen Karen at all. <laughs> and I tried it again, and it tasted like straight up roses, grenadine, and bourbon. And so I think I just like gave it to someone at the party and was like, hey, here's your flask for the night. Have a good night. Oh, my gosh. And I see where oh, no. you get that because some of those – and I have had other store picks yeah. with the neck tags, and they're just really cherry, but not as cherry as some of those uh, – I feel like those Elijah Craig age stateds used to be. Not the pre-fire oh, stuff. Snap. yeah. But I – that – Stag Jr., those EC12s when they are age stated – and like I'll, I'll go ahead and say Weller 12 those are what yeah put me into bourbon and then someone um gave me a taste of it was 81 86 proof old granddad and that's when I was like all right that's okay how how much of that and I I I kind of shoot from the hip here but how much of that at that point do you feel like we took for granted Oh, I, and then look back at it now, and we're like, "I wish I had just kind of savored that a little bit more." Because I, 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 if if I think about that every now and then, it kind of puts me through my paces, and then I have to kind of step back and take the Freddie Johnson approach that there's always going to be more there, good yeah, whiskey. I mean, <sighs> there's been days, especially now with how the market is, and it changes every day, that I look and I'm like, oh. Man, I'm so mad. But yeah. I, you can't be. I mean, to be honest, there were so many things that I just stumbled across that that has to outweigh it. I, or I try to make to look at it positive. But I, I got real lucky with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I've also always made it, especially on the stuff I get really lucky on, I'm going to share it. We're, we're oh, going yeah, to drink it. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll tell I'll tell. Very quick story about that, and I told it on my live stream this past week, but I was talking with Dixon right before, I mean, it was like a couple weeks before he announced that he was leaving, and I, I have a couple of plans that, oh, you know what? That's not true at all. It was the day that he announced that he was leaving, and I, I called him like five minutes after I found out just so I could like process it and everything. And uh, he, we had talked about him sending me a sample of Albatch 10 for, you know, for the podcast. Sure enough, the guy sends me an entire bottle. <laughs> That's Dixon. I, he's <laughs> one is, of the best. That is Dixon to a T, though. I haven't talked. I, see, I was going to reach out to him the other day, um, but I also was like, I can't imagine how many message requests he has on Instagram. And so I was like, I won't reach out. I probably will just because the funny thing is, is like my family would go to the, my mom's side of the family would go to the Beaumont Inn as their vacation every summer. Wow. <laughs> my mom, my, <laughs> that's incredible. My, so my mom's the oldest of seven. Um, so they, you know, they didn't have a t ton of money. Yeah. And my parents, my grandparents are so into you know, like the 1800s, 1700s. So Beaumont obviously yeah, just of makes sense. So like I grew up going down to the Beaumont for a weekend in the summer 
and we would it would always be when there was the state the Harrodsburg Fair down there. Oh, that's cool. And oh, man, I love Dixon, and I hope he does well. And I mean, Beaumont Inn's a special place, yeah. and I. Being, I guess, an innkeeper, if you want to call it, but I, we don't have rooms upstairs at all. Um, I, you know, I feel for him, but I mean, the legacy that his family's made with the Beaumont and that that legacy is, is going to last another hundred years, it's pretty awesome. And so I think whatever he does, he's going to just knock it out of the park. And I don't think anyone should be like worried or sad for him. I, no, I and, think and, he's going to just come out swinging hard. Well, he's, he's not terribly upset about it either no i'd say not and i'm not i can't speak to too much of it same you know but i mean he's looking at greener pastures ahead of him yeah i mean (laughs) and then to be honest too like what he did for kentucky owl i mean i'm at like i remember when kentucky owl was first coming out we all were like oh he doesn't have an age statement on it and stuff but then the first person that was you know saying bad things tried it was like Oh. Yeah, have you actually tried it? That's but the yeah. My favorite story of him about him is the story about Jim Rutledge. When he first brought out the when he first line. brought him the barrels and Jim's yeah. like, these are awful. Yeah. And then like I guess a year or so later, for how the story goes, he brought these blends to him and Jim was like, This stuff's great. And Dixon was like, It's the same stuff I tasted you on. And Jim was like, Well, you're a master blender, and coming from Jim, that's obviously awesome. Yeah. Um but yeah, we did a dinner with him, and we did. It was batch. I think it was like batch two, batch four, batch five, and six had just come out. That that year where he released like three, four, five had all like kind of yeah. just come out, and I had stockpiled like I remember finding three, four, and five at a liquor store downtown, um, on campus actually, and they had two of each, and I was like, I'll take them all, and back then that was. And Not, I was. It wasn't much. Oh, it was like because it was one of those stores that you know they made their money off of it. Well, sure. But you know the retail then was still like one fifty. So yeah, I remember being like, oh, don't look at my checking account. Don't look <laughs> at my checking account. But we did that dinner with him, and we had the batch four, and that next week was when they all skyrocketed. I had bought another batch four for the tasting so that we had enough to do it bigger. I think I paid like three fifty for it. And that was the secondary. Well, then I tried to buy another one after tasting it here and realizing it was weeded. I was like, oh, I got to have that. <laughs> they were $1,200. So, oh. but I mean. What, what's interesting to me about Kentucky Owl is that there is virtually no market for it on secondary now. Really? Oh, it's, it's it all like dead on, in the water. I and it's give the, me some match for now. <laughs> but it, there's there's just no interest in it. Like if somebody throws up a bottle for a fireball, never gains traction. Interesting. Well, I and, also I guess I haven't been paying attention to that. And but I really I mean, and then to be honest, like that batch owl rye, batch one rye, was phenomenal. Batch two was good, but it it was also very hard to compete with that yeah, batch one. Absolutely. Which is probably to be honest. An initial rye whiskey release for some place, it's got to go up in top top two. Yeah, and I can't really think <laughs> of another one to be honest, unless it's Wild Turkey Thirteen Year. Is it Thirteen Year Rye or is it Bourbon? Bourbon. Oh, I wish it was rye. <laughs> Where's all the rye yet? I know people got rye. I I think that 
within the next couple of years, we're going to see Bruce just come out swinging. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, there's no way that, that Jimmy has much <laughs> left in the, in the tank at this point. Yeah. Bruce used to kick. So he lived with a buddy of mine in high school. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> Nothing bad happened. But he used to kick my butt in Dragon Ball Z on PlayStation 2. <laughs> and you know what's funny is I knew him as Bruce Russell. And there was always wild turkey at the house. And it wasn't until like a year ago. And this was like nine, ten years ago when he lived with a buddy of mine. That I saw, him, on, I saw him in like an ad of something. And I Instagrammed him and was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah. Like, Eddie's my dad. And I was like. Makes so much sense That's now. That's such like, a weird realization to come to after all those years. Had no clue, but like there was always Russell's Reserve, and I always just thought that it was Russell's Reserve and Turkey at the house because his last name's Russell. So like, sure. I'm gonna drink Russell's Reserve, not knowing that like, no, my last name's on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> but he's awesome, and yeah, I I like where he he definitely seems more interested in. I mean, he's Russell's Rye guy. I mean, he's yeah. But I'm just. Like, and then that Jefferson's Cognac Rye, we just did that pick two, two weeks ago. That's six-year rye. Um, but I, there, I just don't know where. There's got to be some older stock somewhere. I think that there is, and I think that. I think they just it, blended into stuff. Which is just a shame. It is a shame. It is <laughs> well, a shame. Okay, you know, you know what? I think that what we probably have seen is, with the advent of rare breed rye, that a lot of bottles... There are a lot of barrels went into went into that, and I, I don't have a problem with it. Rare breed rye is delicious. It is good. It's, Do they still make forbidden, or is that kind of like forgiven? Or yeah, forgiven. I don't think so, because I think that the gimmick side of it ran its course so quickly because it was supposed to be an accident. Yeah, and then it's like you with can't. heavy air quotes, an accident. Yeah, but even even still, um, we, and it's not like. 101 rye and 81 rye are bad products. No, I love the 101 rye. I do too. Especially for a cocktail. It's, I think, because like, especially, because it, when you add it to a cocktail, you bring it down more to some, you know, on its own, it's definitely like, it's just like 101 bourbon. It's going to light you up. Yeah. But like, I just, that's, as we're drinking this, like, that was my biggest thing for this Eagle Rare 17. Why is it got to be 90 proof? I don't care if you were only to sell a thousand bottles. Let's raise it up. I think that there was a rumor going around recently that standard Eagle Rare 10 year was going to be 101 again. Oh, I, yeah, that, I kind of honestly hope not. Don't, don't take my word for that, by the way. I don't want anybody to come <laughs> be, tor- I, torches and pitchforks. If you think Eagle Rare is hard to find now, oh gosh. It, it would cut it. I mean, but the, think the of Saz 18 at like Bottle and Bond. I would, I would literally not mad about. I that. would fight. I'd get in the ring with Floyd Mayweather <laughs> for a bottle of Eagle or Saz 18 at 100. To be honest, I'd get in the ring with Floyd and Mike Tyson if you give me a bottle before I die by both of them of Saz 18 at Cask. So, so your next trajectory is to basically be the Paul brothers. <laughs> I mean, no. I, I do. I will say though, those kids are like I can't stand them, but they are absolutely like marketing yeah, whiz kids. They're monsters. With the, especially the guy, how he does Pokemon. You know, he gets all this money to open up packs. He also owns all this stock in PSA. So now, it's just it's I, so frustrating because it's. I I feel like we are seeing in real time 
happen to <laughs> Pokemon we're cards. We're watching with... our like childhood blow up, <laughs> and that I think that's what makes us most mad about <sighs> it. Is we're watching the paws like monetize it when it's like I could do that. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> but but we don't have the influence behind it. No, but but we're also seeing in real time what happened to the bourbon market over many years. Instead, it's happened over a few months. Yeah, because I mean, and, like, yeah, I mean, to be honest, those when like Kentucky Owl was like the first few batches, you know, there were some bottles that jumped up like crazy, but it wasn't like how they'd start out the gate nowadays. Yeah. I mean, remember when Booker's Rye came out? People were paying what? Like, would it want to drop over six hundred dollars? Honestly, the retail I don't, was. I don't. Have retail that. was super high. I think it was like three hundred. Was it really? I, it was worth every penny. Well, I mean, I totally agree with you. It's I, one I of the they best say they are going to re-release. They, I, I mean, they, the rumors they say that was what was going around. Yeah, but then they also don't know what actually the recipe was. But <laughs> man, that is that's still up there in top top ten for me. But that's the thing nowadays is, you know, I've 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 never called myself, but a lot of people I guess know me now as like a dusty guy. Well, it's kind of hard to be a dusty guy nowadays <laughs> because they're just it's too expensive. Yeah. But if I get, you know, I scored a stag this year, I'll probably try to see if I can get a stag senior. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'll hopefully try to see if I can get some time of Dusty out of it. Just because, and I hate saying this too, if I don't drink that old granddad, which I'm most likely going to drink it, <laughs> I can then most, I can, next week that could be, your lottery ticket. Yeah. And then I can go get me three more stags and then be like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> I really kind of wanted to drink. But I hate looking at it like that. I just want to. Yeah. And you have to be. But that's how. Is that what happened with COVID? Have you noticed like in the last month that or not last month, last year, the general public's really into like stocks or like eft or like whatever it is like making money like it's like the stock market or flipping this flipping shoes flipping bourbon i think that covid had a direct effect of like people being like well i'm on unemployment yeah let's find a hot and it also could be people that have looked at the hobby from an out for so long finally were like look this is the time to get in that's that's where i was coming i have nothing better to do yeah um let's start let's start a bourbon tiktok oh (laughs) like everybody's doing it I'm a partner with TikTok now. How about that? Really? No, not me. I'm just, oh. I, that's just how it, I was on TikTok last night and I saw that guy with the Rick house in his basement that I've been seeing on Facebook. Oh yeah. And I'm like, what? Get this off my TikTok. Like, this is not what I watch TikTok for. <laughs> I don't want to feel a little bit bad I don't want to be in bourbon TikTok. Like, <laughs> I don't even want that to be a thing. I've got a TikTok. It's under the podcast name. Hey, it's but t- I don't ever really do, like two out of the three TikToks I've posted have been of my daughter. Like, and even then it's like minimum effort. My girl, so my girlfriend's, she's 23. So she's more like not over <laughs> 25 and a grumpy, like all the kids say on that app. But, um, she fall uh, into Gen Z then? I think so. She just turned 23 like last week. Okay. So yeah, probably. But she wants me to do one of those TikToks. Like, this is my first one. This is my favorite one of like bottles of bourbon. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> I do, it feels, though. I'm... It feels kind of gross, doesn't it? Yeah, like, it does. It, it, I think that's why so many of us will never cross into influencer territory, because we've got a soul. <laughs> um, talking of Dusties, let me go get one. 
So we're at the point of the night where you've decided to bring out the, the good stuff. Yeah, I mean, we've been, <laughs> we've been doing real well, but so this old granddad is actually one of them, and it used to have so much dust on it, and I left all, like, it had, like, I had found a case of these in a barn. <laughs> Two of them were bad. The other ten were perfect. This had so much dust on it, and I had poured it in one of the bartenders that I, he doesn't work here anymore, not because I fired him after this, but <laughs> he, he went on to bigger and better things or whatever. Sure. He took a wet rag and wiped all the dust off, oh. and I was like, dude, that's, no, that's the, no. <laughs> but this is the last one of that case. It's oh, a 75, man. 86 proof old granddad. And I'm one of those weird guys that likes the 86 proof over the bond, bottled and bond dusties. And I think that was because when I was in the dusty market buying 86 proof, you could normally get Nobody two, else to, is buying it. two to three on the, of a bottled and bond. Yeah. But I also feel like a lot of those bottled and bonds kind of are lackluster some of them are absolutely amazing but some kind of proof down and the 86 proofs i feel like are already so proof down that they don't really evaporate a lot of proof yeah and if they do they're not going down they'll go to maybe 80 but like about i've had some bottom bonds that i'm like this could have gone down to set like 89 or 90 but then we have that then we have this jw dant 10 year old old style whiskey so it says it's bottled by the Dant Distillery Company, but then it says a division of Shenley, Shenley, Pennsylvania, Lawrenceburg, Indiana, and Fresno, California. What? Well, you look on the side of it, it's 86-proof 10-year Dant. It says it's distilled in Indiana, so it's distilled at the old Seagram's plant. Wow. Yeah. Tell me how that makes any sense. It, I, I just didn't know that they distilled at MGP or at Seagram's at Char- that point. Charcoal perfected. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> I but, just love I love that old like flowery language that they they used to put and on. And I've seen one more bottle that looks like that, but it's like a silver label and it's not 10 year and I don't think that it's does it say bourbon on that label or is it just say whiskey? Just says whiskey. Yeah. So that's the other weird thing about that. I th- is I didn't know JW Dant made a I mean, I've seen like the old style whiskey that's kind of more like a gold label. But it doesn't. It, they don't brand it as like JW Dan right. mostly. Right. What's the? Do you know the actual year? I think it's a '69. I think that's what I have it listed on the list as. Is a '69. Uh, you could probably fool anybody. <laughs> I haven't had Honestly. anyone challenge you. Challenge me, and yeah. I would. I, I'm not the type of person that's gonna be like, oh, don't challenge me. Yeah, like, you're wrong. Challenge me. I mean, the bottle date on it. It's. It's got 60 and 62 on it. Yeah, so it could be earlier, but I just don't... In the tax strip, though, I've kind of lost the sense of... I used to know, like, oh, it has it's this series tax strip, but I've kind of... Now I just... The main thing I care about are DSP numbers and uh, UPC codes. Mm, right. Because that's the only... For the longest time, that's the only way I knew what old granddad to buy in these liquor stores right was like oh if it's eight six five two nine that's what we want that's national (laughs) distillers which is absolutely crazy and going in i remember being like young like 21 going into liquor stores in the middle of like south dakota when i'd go out to visit colorado and i used to live out there be like yeah do you have anything with the this boat barcode eight six five two (laughs) nine thinking like they would know but i i did find a guy that old, this old granddad, actually, we're drinking. Um, I was in Omaha, Nebraska. 
and I walked into some liquor store, and they had a big one-gallon Seagram 7, big old tax strip sealed. And I was like, this is a good sign. Yeah. And I asked the guys, like, do you have any more stuff with tax stamps or whatever? He says, no. And I'm like, okay, have a good day. <laughs> he says, well, my dad closed a liquor store in 1978. Oh. And I'm like... Where's your dad? He's like, well, he's asleep. It's like 7.30 at night. I'm like, well, I'm supposed to be leaving to continue on to Denver. He's like, well, he wakes up at 5 in the morning. If you want to meet me at his house at 6 in the morning tomorrow, like, we'll see what he has. It's all in his basement. So I tell my girlfriend at the time, I'm like, well, we're spending the night in Omaha, Nebraska. (laughs) I wake up the next morning and I go over there. He has like 45 cases of just decanters bottles everything and he's like i'm like so first thing first i'm like what do you want for it all (laughs) he's like well let's let's start opening them up i don't know what's in them bunch of boxes were all like 50 milliliters they were that's what mostly of them were shooters 200 milliliters stuff like that and it wasn't just all whiskey it was like cream to mint everything sure well, then we open up a box, and it's like all Stitzel Weller 200, 375s, 50 milliliters, and I have to hide it. Like, and, I, and look, I've learned, and this, this was towards the end of Dusty Hunting. Yeah. I knew, like, I got to take care of this guy. Like, this is probably the last score I'll ever have. Well, he starts telling me, well, those back then were like two fifty five, I think, a piece, or they were $4 a piece. So how about we'll charge you 5 a piece for those, and we'll do 10 a piece for those. And I'm like, okay, it's a little <laughs> expensive, but keep going. <laughs> and we get to this one case, and it had a case of 77 antique in it, and I just oh. lost it. So we agreed on a price. I go and rent a U-Haul to fit it all in because it didn't fit in my golf at the time. And um, I drove it back. My girlfriend drives my car to Denver. (laughs) And I bought a one-way ticket to Denver from Lexington. (laughs) And, um, yeah, that was, like, that's crazy, man. Yeah. And I once, but once I loaded up my car, I came back. I went back in there and gave him an extra $1,000. And the guy was like, stop. I don't want this. And I literally was about to have to, like, leave it and run out the door. And he finally took it, but... Yeah, like that's a lot of the stuff we did put on the bar, like a lot of it. Um, some of the stuff I had to keep for myself. Yeah, but of course. I've always been to the, like all the Dusties. I don't have anything higher than 60 bucks. And the $60 thing I have is Jefferson's 18 presidential, which I probably won't have any more in a few weeks because sure. not many people know I have that on the list. But it's... As I tell people that come up here, like, what's your favorite bottle? I'm like, look, I'll say, I'm going to say 80s old granddad, but that's not realistic. It's all fermented corn. We should just drink it. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a lot easier to ask somebody what they like and then, you know, kind of snake your way through the... Yeah, well, figure out know, what they can, like. But exactly. Exactly. Th- this is phenomenal, though. Oh, dude. It, even at 86 proof, it, it does have... I, I like the old granddads more than I like the old tailors from this era. Mm-hmm just because they hold up a little bit better. Some of those old tailors get like that, your, your grandma's wet yeah. basement too much. This one has that note, but it also, <laughs> I've always gotten like really tanned leather and like, if you've ever had to eat, which is a miserable thing to eat, like those, the uh, dehydrated apricot. Fruit leather? I get like apricot out yeah. of it. 
And I just love those 86 proof old granddads. But I do like the 114s too. I just, the bottle and bonds, yeah, they the, just don't really. Some of them do, like the late 80s ones do it for me. But um, at uh, a, uh, what's it called? When, bachelor party of a gentleman that we know. <laughs> we cracked open one of those 69 oh. old Fitz gallons, oh. which we probably shouldn't have cracked. <laughs> and I had, he's a, he was a serviceman, so I brought a 40 to 44 old granddad bottle and bond. It was awful. It was so awful. And I probably shouldn't have drank it because it was like, you'll never see another World War II bottled and bond. And I think I sold the other one to someone that was a service guy just because I yeah. was like, you'll enjoy it more than I will. I, I remember <laughs> we, were, we were putting stickers on a, on a pick. And you yeah. broke, you, what was that that you broke out that was so... Oh, that I got sick on? That had turned, yeah. That, so same guy that provided that gallon provided that. It was a wildlife, I think it was a 71, 86.8 Old Fitz Prime decanter. Right. And with those old stuff, you know, the 86 proof, like especially old Taylor, they get cloudy. That doesn't mean anything. You can, you can uh, uh, cheesecloth it. Yeah. You could coffee filter it. And I always say the rule of thumb is an 86 proof or an 80 proof cloudy, it's not the worst thing. That's, it's just there's not enough ethanol in it. Yeah. But if you see 100 proof that's cloudy, run. <laughs> but yeah, that, we were, was it a new riff pick? I think it was the new riff pick or one of the ones. And um, I, I, that sounds right. That was miserable, man. I, having, having that? Not, not what the, it was miserable. Because I knew as soon as I tasted it, I was like. You were going to get sick. I'm not going to get sick in two minutes. I'm going to be sick for like two days. Yeah. And I was. And there's nothing worse than having to go relieve yourself in the back of a liquor store bathroom that's like the size of a, a like a broom closet. And just sitting there being like, well. Now I have to tell everyone that this is what killed me is some old fits. Like, no. And they're all going to be like, because, you know, most people think old fits. They're like, he died off a bottom shelf whiskey. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but, yeah, that was pretty miserable. So, like, I, I have a, a gallon of an 86 proof old fits that I really want to open. But I'm also really scared. I'd rather yeah. at that point, it's like I'd rather just leave that as a display piece than pop it and then have to, like, pour it all out. Which it probably, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's, I'll probably never open it because I know it's going to get me sick. How often do you actually pour stuff down the drain, though? Down the drain? Yeah. I don't think I ever have. There's been one time. One time. I won't really? say, and it's a newer product, craft product. Oh, I think I might know. <sighs> okay, so, <laughs> so let me pre preface this why this is do how I, I drain Do I know? It. Do I know? Um, maybe you probably do. So we have it here on the bar. I have like 300 whiskeys, so you can't really tell. But some guy was from that area, which is now making it less and less obvious. Or it's making it more and more obvious. So he got a pour of it. Neat. And I was like, awesome. Enjoy it. So, and I hadn't have it yet. So like normally we do two ounce pours here, which not a lot of places do. Yeah. That's my standard pour. Minus like Pappy 23 and Heaven sure. Hill 27 and my Dusties. They're all one ounce, yeah. which is fair. Um, and so 
with two ounce pours, there's 12 and a half pours. There's always a half ounce extra. So I normally will take that half ounce. Once it gets cracked, I try it and I write it down to my black book. Just so one day some guy asks me, I can be like, this is what I got out of it or this is what I scored it, yada, yeah. yada, yada. So the guy tried it and I went up to him and I was like, so what do you think of it? He goes, all right, you really want to know what I thought of this bourbon? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay, think of about a 400-pound man. Actually, you ever seen Austin Powers? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know the main character, the big guy? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, think of him had just eaten, like, all-you-can-eat buffet. Then he threw in the biggest dip you could ever think of. He then was taking pools of the white dog and spit-filling the barrel. That's what it tasted like. <laughs> so I was like, it can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. I tried it. And, you know, taste is subjective. Someone tells you what it's going to taste like. Yeah. You're most likely going to taste that. Yeah, I couldn't get fat that out of, out of my, yeah, out of my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. no crap. He was right. It tasted it. So we, I tried to put it in the well. I had someone send back a bourbon and Coke. And so I was like, well, we can't. You just have to eat it at that point. Oh, I, I mean, like, what, what else can you do? I think I tried to give it to someone here that worked here. You know, like some fresh-faced 21-year-old that was going to bourbon and ginger ale it or take it to the frat party. And I bet that it's probably still sitting in a backyard half full down on State Street, to be honest. I haven't had sipped this yet. This is so different and weird. Does it honestly it, taste, though, kind of like some MGP? No, it definitely does. I get... It's, it's a flat MGP. It is. It, it doesn't know? have... It doesn't go like... It's not, it's not like an ACDC song. It's definitely more like a Steely Dan song. Like, it goes up... Only hey, Steely little, Dan's got hey, valleys and peaks. They, they do. I'm a <laughs> Steely Dan dude, but it's definitely, but like towards the end, it has like this crazy, like, I'll go back to like butterscotch candy. Oh, for sure. But like a butterscotch candy that's probably been sitting in your grandma's house for like 20 years. Mmm. Thanks, Grammy. <laughs> that, I mean, sincerely, that is one of the most unique Dusty's I've ever had. I just don't know how I still have it on the bar. I think I charged like 30 bucks for it. That's it? For an ounce? Yeah, maybe 35. So this has been one big commercial for the American. Yeah, come on up. <laughs> uh, please make reservations. Um, but no, I mean... I, that's the thing with those Dusty's. It's like, I got lucky on them and we put them on the bar. I just want... I want people to try them. Yeah, that might make my life harder, which nowadays, who cares? Who cares? It's, all, it's always hard. But to be honest, this is the most whiskey I've had. Since the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah. Uh, probably since the, like, you know, one of those, like, the night that I had a friend pass, and we, yeah. we tore it up for sure. That was a, that was a rough... That was really rough. A couple of days, man. That was really rough. But I also learned that I cannot drink very old Barton, but I drank a lot of it those Just, those just hands days. down, you can't drink it? It's just rough, It's man. not good. But Jesse loved it, and we were like, look, we're chugging it. Like, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> 
Also, sorry to bring it down here towards the end, but so well, we're going to barrel proof, so it's right well, back up. So this is the lowest proof Elijah Craig barrel proof of all. I time. saw someone tweeting this yesterday. Yep. One eighteen point two. That's I. Because my <laughs> I haven't had Elijah Craig barrel proof. Were across the from the men's bathroom at Merrick. Um, what the first night I ever had Elijah Craig barrel proof, I had the Parker's 13 year wheat whiskey, which is oh wow, phenomenal. Yeah, I almost brought a sample of that today, but I only had like an ounce of it, and I was like, I you gotta hold on to it. I got to, you gotta hold on to it. Well, it was the first night I ever had it. Me and the bar manager at the time, who taught me a lot about whiskey, um, we were splitting turns running, making drinks behind the inside bar. And going to the bathroom and just yakking our brains out because <laughs> it was the it was like the hazmat one of the ha- yeah. old style Elijah Craig's. So I'm curious because I like the lower barrel proof. I lot. actually I think this is going to be the one that sits on the shelf. Really? Cause just because they see it, just because like, it's lower proof. I mean, I mean that's it, what people thought about that 116 stag. I was yeah. I was actually just about to say that you know people did still wind up buying the but, stag. But it is just because it is GTS. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that... I think it's kind of working its way towards that, but I just don't think that Elijah Craig Barrel Proof right now has has the clout that something like a GTS does. No, it doesn't, and that's, to be honest, perfectly fine with me. Oh, if I can find this <laughs> any day of the week, I'll be perfectly happy with it. Man, that's... So, it reminds me of some of those old school Elijah Craig picks that were still in the EC12 bottles. Right. It actually reminds me a lot of turkey. I could see that. Like, I I, I was mid warming uh hug. And the the one thing that is kind of throwing me off with it, though, is that there's this like vanilla icing note with it towards the end of the finish. Or beginning of the finish, I guess. Into the palette, into the finish. See, like, I still get, like, the cherry, like, almost, like, tannins, like, really top. But then it literally goes, like, top of the palette and then immediately, like, goes, sh- like, a roller coaster straight to the bottom. Mm-hmm. But then the, f- that, why I think I like Dusty so much is because of finish. And, like, that's, nose and finish yeah. to me, which... A lot of people will disagree with me. Like, that's not the important thing. It's more like that mid and, like, the flavor. But I would much rather take something that smells really, really good and fit. I mean, taste obviously important, but. But, yeah, the, the finish is the most overlooked part of any whiskey, though. Because if I'm sipping a bourbon, the point of a bourbon is to sip it and enjoy it. If there's something that's finishing long... I'm not over there taking five sips in an hour. Like, I'm really enjoying it. And I think that's a thing, too, that we, when I do tastings here, I want everything poured and aired for, like, at minimum an hour mm-hmm. before a customer gets here to do part of the tasting. Yeah. Because I think that's a thing we don't let, like, especially even big whiskey nerds, they don't let it breathe as long as it needs to breathe. And a funny story about that. We did our maker's pick, mm-hmm. um, which is Still probably one of my favorite picks we've ever done. My dad begged that we put it on the cocktail list, but serve it in a wine glass so that it gets more oxygen quick enough so that when it hits the table, it's had enough oxygen time to where, like, it... Because that one changed. You'd have it at 15 minutes in, 
45 minutes in, it was a monster. Really? And I kind of could not stand the idea of putting it in a wine glass. <laughs> and it's funny. We still bring it up, and that was another jab at Dad. Sorry, I love you. But, um, <laughs> I mean, like, I just really think that the finish, it does get overlooked way too much. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what keeps you coming back for the next sip, right? Without that, you're just kind of like, oh, I get it. But if there's the complexity past the palate, that's what hooks people in. Yeah. And I think you know? the, the finish also kind of hits you like waves. So, like, that mm, first mm-hmm. sip you hit, it goes maybe, like, to high – or it'll go to, like, mid-tide. But then once you finish – you've sat on it and let it sit and finish for a while. Then the second hit – it's like another wave. It goes a little farther than the first one, and you're able to pick up a little bit more, or maybe you're allowed to, you could pick up something like, I didn't like that, but I didn't get it on the first one, but the second time, or, oh, I love that note. Yeah. Um, I mean, that stands up to what we've been drinking all night. It though. really does. That's and, crazy. I'm so not upset by the fact that it's lower proof, no. because it drinks so well-rounded. No, I, I can't. That's why I think a lot of people like MGP stuff, because as soon as you go over that river, and someone up that worked up at MGP told me this, there's something about that river, once you go over it, the higher age it goes, the lower the cash strength is. So like yeah. You've seen some of those smooth ambler rye picks from back in the day, which oh yeah, we definitely overlooked completely, <laughs> that were like 107 cash strength 11 year rye and it's like that's awesome we we would kill for that now oh that's (laughs) what that wilderness trail rye that we picked that's what it was 107 proof at cask when we went to pick it so i wanted to do me being a dusty dude i wanted to do the original barrel proof 107 (laughs) oh and i had the stickers ordered and they're all at my house when the the cases came in it was 108 proof. Oh, no. <laughs> Until I said, oh, no. <laughs> but that's, when I had, go, that's when you go I in with a Sharpie. Another, I had the other idea um, that we did, but. That was um, Big League Chew? Yeah. Yeah. And that, man, I. But it was funny, the other barrel we were between, it was the only pick that Merrick's done that I was the only person from Merrick. Like, I was, dad wasn't there, mom wasn't there. It was, if I messed up. I would have heard it. was your fault. <laughs> well, we went, and I brought a bunch of guys that had never been on picks before or people that have really good relationships with yeah. Merrick. The other barrel we tried, we called it the ham sandwich. It literally tasted like a ham sandwich. That's crazy. Well, buddies, the, a California group and some buddies were in, came to pick a barrel the next day, and I was like, you have to try the ham sandwich. <laughs> well, of course, they bought the barrel. So now, oh, of course they did. Of course they did. But, yeah, that's why I think Wilderness Trail is because – the five, six barrels we tried, they were all so different and so individualistic, but then you could see where, like, that they were all wilderness trail and they're right. They had, like, this certain sure. mid thing, but they all just went their own way. And I so badly want to do a wilderness trail pick for the podcast. So badly want to do it. I, I really, I, the other thing that, the one concern I have is that maybe sometimes they put a little too many barrels into a local market. Um, That's fair. Which I know that in the grand scheme of things, when you're trying to go national and everything, you can't think of stuff like that. But I know that there's someone in the, the final logistics department being like, oh, we're sending five barrels to the Lexington market in one week. Maybe we should take two of those and like hold them another week yeah. or something. But 
they're they're killing it down there. Oh no, they absolutely are. And it's beautiful down there. Oh, I think it's the best new campus at the moment. Yeah, I, it's hard to say too. New Rifts got it up there. Not they're definitely more urban and like not as typical. I, they, they have to be. They have to be. Yeah. yeah, and they're not as typical. Like when you think like Kentucky Distillery, but it's also hard when you go and look at like. Baker's Mark or Buffalo Trace, which are some of the most beautiful things in the world. But New Riff, I really think, you know, I've been to the Brooklyn Kings County Distillery. Mm -hmm. It kind of gave me that vibe, but you could definitely still tell that it's Kentucky. Like it's, it's not, it's not Brooklyn bourbon. So thank God. (laughs) Not being a peated scotch fan. Have you tried the peated bourbon from Kings County? I did actually. I how, tried how do you, it up there. How do you like it? It, I had it, and it, you know their their whiskey is still young. And I had that was probably three summers ago. And to be honest, where we got the our whiskey list, I got that idea from Kings County. Oh, they really? Have a, wow. They have a leather book. They had all their cocktails and like history in. And I tried to get the same lady to do it, but she the guy was like, oh, she sells. Uh, vintage books and then she also makes leather books and she go here at this time on this corner and you'll find her and i was like dude i'm from kentucky i've got a flight out tomorrow i have no idea what you're saying (laughs) i just want to go to a bar and drink high life and shoot pool and like look at the skyscrapers like i have no idea what you're talking about Uh, we could i could wax poetic about high life for a while dude high life i tried Uh, to (laughs) i saw it on tap up in cincinnati and i was i called all my distributors like where can I get a high life keg? Like, I need it. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they don't distribute it down here. Oh, they're pulling the yingling on us. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, but we, we sell ponies here. I and we sure. sell. They're two dollars a pony. Happy hour when we have happy hour, which hopefully will be coming back. Dollar a beer, and it's like, but yeah, the high life. If high life, dusty or barrel proof bourbon. I mean, there's nothing better. <laughs> there really isn't. I. You know what's great is high life. With Turkey 101. Yeah, I can see It's that. a great pairing. I miss, like, Best Friends Bar, where you could go... <laughs> you could do a bat and a ball for, like, You could go down there and bucks. get, like, a, a hootie, hootie pole, and you can get a shot of, like, not just, like, a shot of... It wouldn't be, like, just Buffalo Trace. It would be, like, you know, the tier up. Yeah. It would be, like, five bucks. And then you'd see the Rock Hill Farms on the bar and be like, yeah, how much are you pouring for the Rock Hill? And they'd be like, <laughs> oh, the Rock Hill, yeah, I think it's, like, eight... And then it's like 12 for a double, and it's like, okay. Oh, Good thing mate. I live on Park Avenue right up the street. How about a quadruple? <laughs> that's actually, that was where I celebrated my 21st birthday. And that's Perfect. how I, because I, it was a Tuesday December in December, the day before Christmas Eve. So no bars are open. So we went to Best Friends Bar, and I had a triple shot of Rock Hill Farms. And uh, I ended up at Two Keys, and... That's where the story will end. That's, for this a, that's part. a good. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I went real downhill. <laughs> Rest in peace, two keys. I hope they come back because, like, that's a, that's an institution. Not my scene, and it never really was. Me but like, I still agree that, like, I do a podcast about bourbon. Do you really think that I would fit in well with the crowd at Two Keys? I, I, <laughs> the only time I ever went down there, it would be for people watching. But like, that's fair. Those bars on that strip. Five years ago, you could go into like the other bar and be like, oh, uh, yeah, uh, Budweiser and uh, Weller Antique. And they'd be like, okay, your tab's uh, 9.54. Yep. Or you could go to Paddock and drink, oh, 2014 Stag for $11. 
Make that a quadruple, please. <laughs> but, you know, now a lot of the bars, there's a few bars around that you know where to go to get. Yeah. And I'm not going to say it because that's the place oh, I like to ne- go. Me neither. But those places I have said, they aren't, they've, they've smartened up. Like, not saying smartened up, but realize that they can double, triple their price and still sell it. Which, as they oh, should. For sure. Yeah. So, I, I think when the, the dinners come back, we should talk about doing a podcast. I would love to. Dinner here. Yeah. I um, mean, I, it's also, yeah, I'm starting to think, like, I try to do them in, like, the falls and then that, that early part perfect. of winter because that's, that's kind of when it's, I, I have the room to and yep. the ability to. And then hopefully by then, like, I... You know, for about three years now, I've been planning a dusty dinner that I've wanted to do, mm. and I've tried to figure it out to where, because I, I want to do it on the patio. Well, now I have a pool that's now filled in um, that I'd be able to comfortably put 50, 75 people yeah. with, you know, when COVID's not a thing anymore. Um, and I would love to do that because that, it would be a great way to share some dusty stuff and get it out and then also just, you know, get people up to merit because i think people also do forget you know it's it's hidden but but and i i think that <clears throat> and it makes it and, a lot more fun for people yeah i think that merrick is the it's almost like the long lost sibling to the beaumont inn yeah you for, know I w- yeah i mean I, like it, to be like i'll be 100 percent. i know my grandparents on my so this is my dad's side my yeah. mom's side owns restaurants they'd go down to beaumont to see you know because they do it right, and yeah. they, they've been doing it for forever and ever and ever. Yeah. And I hope they do it forever and ever and ever. I, I think they will. I want to do it. I've been, I really, for years, and I want to see if he'd do it, and I, he probably would. I want to do an innkeeper special barrel pick. Oh! And can split I, a can bar- I please be a part of that? Of if course. You, thank you. Just split that. it with him and just call it the innkeepers or whatever. And I've always wanted to do one across the street and call it Southside Story. And all his bottles be Capulet and all my bottles be oh. Montague. <laughs> and I think it That's ends incredible. in translation with Bucky. I don't think it goes up any higher. But also, it just nowadays, it's just so hard to find something that you'd actually... Yeah. Both people would want to split and... But, like, that'd be so much fun. I, Because, like, it's like, yeah, we're all local restaurants, and there is a little bit of competition. But in the grand scheme of things, if we could help them, they could help us, especially after this year where we all need to help each other. Well, and, and the thing is, too, I mean, so I, truth be told, have given much more on the podcast to the Beaumont than I have Merrick, which is not the most fair thing in the world because I'm from Lexington. I mean, yeah, you know, but this, this is the, but you know, Dixon I, Dexter. I mean, yeah, I might have, the, <laughs> I might have the cooler name. Sorry, Dixon. But I mean, Dixon is Mr. GQ and has a whisk, had a whisk is those whiskey way more than I do. But that being said, I, I, I would like to find some way to kind of, do like a cross universe thing yeah. where we can all, you know, bring, bring Dixon up here, have you up here as well, have a dinner, have a tasting, have something special and exclusive so that we can kind of, you know, do what you were talking about, yeah. promote both places. And, yeah. And, and I mean, Dixon, 
I've known I've known him a very long time, and he used to, he's gotten a lot busier since he used to come <laughs> up. And I'm not saying oh, you better get your butt up here. I Jason. get the feeling he's about to slow down significantly, though. Well, yeah, and as he, I think he, <laughs> you know. I know, I know the restaurant business, and I can't imagine him doing Beaumont and doing, you know, enjoy that time with that family. Because, like, that's oh, always sure. the biggest thing is, like, you know, when I was growing up, dad would take me to school, and then I'd see him when he took me to school the next day. Mm-hmm. And that's, but, you know, he's the best. Like, he really is. If, if I could be what he is just to the Beaumont, not and take whiskey out of it. Sure. That's I'll, I'd be happy with that. Do you want to? Is that something that like you're considering with with Merrick in the future? I have, and it's always going to be something, you know. Sure. Um, it definitely. I don't feel like, and it's hard too because you were. I've been here this summer. I've been here 14 years. I started here when I was 13. I was hosing off the deck just as we were done playing baseball. Yeah, I, I literally got a something. job to buy one of those little go pads. <laughs> That's why I got a job here. <laughs> One of those motor things, and I so I could go to anyone's house I wanted to, and didn't have to ask for a ride. And um, I've, you know, I have thought about it, and it's kind of been something, especially this last year. It's kind of pushed me away, but I love it, and it's something I know I am good at. But I don't know. I do really love whiskey, even though I've been very pessimistic with it for a few years now, with all these other reasons why, but. You know, I've honestly thought about going to work for a distillery. Um, I don't think that any of us have not had that thought cross our minds yeah, over and, the past couple of years. And not as, I mean, like, it would just be hard if I went to, like, that was the thing. Working for a certain distillery, it would be hard to go work for. Well, that's, that's why I can't do it while I have the podcast. Yeah, because you know. you'd have to have allegiance. You know, you can't be like going out. Yeah, being, exactly. Or you couldn't have really. I would say they didn't want. They wouldn't want you to be like constructive against it, criticize it, or anything. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, I have I have a good relationship with a fair few distilleries already, and to pledge allegiance to one over the other, I, the the foundation of the show would crumble. Yeah, yeah, know? and you have to be subjective, especially what you're doing. But I don't but know. I, I, I still have about plenty it. of opinions. And though. then I've thought about going in. <laughs> I've thought some days, like, maybe I should just go into, like, the sales side for a distillery. Like, being a rep for a certain yeah. distillery. But then you fall into the same thing. Um, but, yeah, there was one I really – I thought long and hard, and I had an opportunity, um, and I had a kind of an in that was had been there for many, many, many years. Sure. And I kind of just let it go, and some days I really regret it, but I, I'm i still at the point where I don't really know. I love <laughs> Kentucky, and I love whiskey, and I love the, the hospitality industry, but I also told myself I can't really make a decision on it until I get back to, like, normality, which we're close to. We're getting there, yeah. But it's just, I've watched, you know, my dad's been here 50 or 40 he started when basically he was 12. his entire yeah. life and i you know that does come to the back of my head like oh i'm 27 so if we add it up that's another 33 years of 70 hour weeks <laughs> like oh gosh but it'd break my heart to see this place close it's it's my house i've spent probably more time here than i've ever spent like at home or 
you know, I grew up here. So yeah. it, it, and it's a home. I mean, it's a beautiful place. And I mean, that, that's exactly the sentiment that you get from Dixon. Oh, 100%. You know? And every time you walk into the Beaumont, you can feel the legacy of the Dead Men's and just they know hospitality. If I just, and this is going to sound crazy, my favorite thing going there when I was a kid was being able to go into the front desk where you check in and grab me a big old red apple and eat it like I, that was the coolest thing to me as a kid i i also love that this is supposed to be an episode where we talk about merrick about merrick and Sorry, it's devolved into talking about the beaumont but um but like having this conversation has really made my wheels turn and you know i i do want to find some way to incorporate supporting Merrick into the show sometime in the future. Like I said, you know, doing a tasting, a, a dinner or something Damn, it here. It does not taste like Maker's at all. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a pick from a, I think it's a hotel wow, up one, in Seattle. Blow 110 proof for a Maker's pick. I yeah. don't really see that a lot all the time. So this is from the same hotel that the Beatles stayed at when they were up in Seattle. Okay. And there's like a real famous photo of them like hanging you, out, hanging out the window, waving at people. Makes and, you think of Walker and he's like, yeah, and I'm John Lennon <laughs> from the Beatles. And, hey, Paul McCartney. Yeah, Paul McCartney from the Beatles. <laughs> but this, this was gifted to me by a, a listener. It awesome. was, it was a, a victim of COVID. It didn't actually ever make it to the, the hotel, to the, their restaurant. These and picks so, are sleepers. They really are. Like my, that's how I would always get people with ours. Because people just think makers, and they're like, oh, it's sweet. It's, it's makers. <laughs> put some ginger ale on it. <laughs> but I remember I had some, the, the flight that blew me out of the water, some uh, these people that I know from a group, bourbon group came up, and it was their 40th birthday. And I had a bottle on the Dusty list that was birth year. So they came up, had that, and they all had a pour of that. And they said, well, we want to do a Dusty flight. I said, let, I said, let me take care of that. I got you. <laughs> I have a 60 to 67, one of those bowling pin J- Jim Beam decanters. Not the white oh, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. One of the eight years. Mm-hmm. It was that. Russell's Reserve 2002. And our maker's pick blinded it to him. It said, take whatever. You know, they eat dinner. They have the pours. They let them sit for a while. Then they go back to it. And I come up to him like, so what did you think? And they're like, well... This one's the winner, hands down. This one's okay. This one's really, really good, too. And I'm like, well, the really, really good one's Russell's Reserve 2002. The one you all didn't like's the Jim Beam. <laughs> That's our maker's pick. And they all went, shut up, shut up, yeah. shut up. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm serious. And I've done, like, that flight I was, like, proven. And then Walmsley came up one night. He had this JPS 18 and something else. This came in second to JPS 18. And I told him, and I think he's bought like six. He bought the, I had one bottle left and I messaged him and said, I have one left. Do you want it? He's like, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Was that, that was the Weller killer? Is that that pick? Yeah, that's what he calls the Weller killer. And then um, uh, some other guy, I have a sample that I almost brought today that it's, I think it's the cork and bottle pick of this. Oh, snap. Which that got a review. If you like look it up, someone reviewed it saying that it blew William LaRue Weller that year out of the water. So that at first you look at that as one of us, you're like, Are you right. serious? Yeah, come on. But the guy that gave it to me knows old granddad, uh, 
works for Jim Beam and has had to have the opportunity to try like old, old granddad. Right. He's like, man, this tastes like National Distillers old granddad, like that's or old so Taylor. Cool. And I was like, dude, you know that's <laughs> my on, wheelhouse. Come on, man. <laughs> no, it it does. Yeah. But also, well, it's more of a come on. Like you're gonna you're gonna you could look over at the cry. bar top here and see I'm a little by. Merrick is definitely has a great relationship with makers. Yeah, of course. Uh, Bill, we did a dinner with Bill, who's I have some videos of him telling a story of Pappy giving him a shot of very very old Fitz Twelve. And it's one of the funniest stories ever. I have it on video, and it's like one of the, my favorite things in the world. Um, and then all these bottles we have above the bar, they were out at Murray's, which was our old restaurant. And when we closed Murray's, Dad took them home and saved them all and saved all these display boxes. Well, it was like five years ago. My dad sees Bill at some event and says, Bill, I have all your bottles. And some of these were like using the Esquire mag. Some of them are one-of-one one bottles. Bill goes up to my dad and goes, what do you mean? He goes, these bottles are out at Murray's that you gifted. He goes, oh, no. They're your bottles now. Oh. They're all yours. I don't want any one of them back. And we did, that, we did our release with him, and then Rob came up too. And I love the Samuels. They're great. And, like, people want to hate on makers, but it's just, it's a staple. I, I <clears throat> have been kind of circling around it of course, over the past couple of years. But to be able to do a show with the Samuels and one with the Russells, those are, like, the two bigger goals I have. Oh, man, there's... You know, and, and like, I'm afraid that the time to sit down with Jimmy has kind of passed a little bit just because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think that to get Bill and Rob the, oh, you, would, I mean, would not be a big deal. At all. Bill and Rob and the store, like, just because at first, you know, like, I've, you know, I've known makers my whole, like, my dad's a big makers guy. Yeah. And I, you know. So is my dad, actually. And, like, I've always known makers, but I never knew, like, the story of the Samuels. Yeah. Well, just, like, learning, like, like, Bill, like, they live next door to, you know, like, it's just, they have such an awesome story. And people like to hate on them because, yeah, they're probably some of the best marketers in bourbon and still to this day. Like, you can look. They own the drip wax. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, come on. Like, that's for crazy. A re- for a reason, too. They sued Elmer and Rob, <laughs> Bill. And, like, I've always heard the story that, like, Al, Bill, Jimmy, Elmer, and Booker were, like, all – and then Ed Foote. Like, all those dudes were all buddies. Like, yeah. they're all, like, the same – graduating class they were that like the illuminati of bourbon during like the 70s and 80s when it wasn't popular and they all like were going out and promoting it and trying to get it and they all weren't like in competition with each other they all were like look we all have a seat at this table let's all enjoy it let's all share each other's stuff and 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 that's what brought about the resurgence i think 100 percent of of bourbon and, and really truly kicked off the boom as well was once you realized that everybody was kind of in for the greater good, then the positive vibes picked up. And, and I just wish I could have met Elmer one more. Like, like I met him when I was twenty. And Did I you really, I had a, I have a, I bought a Buffalo Trace bottle that's got like the Buffalo nickel on it. Um, yeah, I was uh, not of age at the Buffalo Trace gift shop at the time. <laughs> Um, but I met him just, he just signed the bottle, whatever. 
I just wish that I could have asked him because Elmer is like my guy. Elmer's my. Yeah. F- that's the first time I had Elmer. I knew like this isn't just Kentucky gentlemen chugging from the bottle and pulling a two liter afterwards. Like there, this is like wine. Like there's. It it is so I, funny I that you say that. I would love to hear stories of it. Just hear him just talk. The or f- Booker. Oh, ap- see that's that's the other thing too is like I I'm very thankful of course the podcast and when I got into it and like I hit it right before there was this huge influx of bourbon media. Yeah. And so, you know, we have, we still have a really good listenership. We still have a a very devoted following and everything, but I do wish that I were just a couple years older same, so that I could have gotten to meet and hang out with these people and, you know, be able to appreciate it a little bit more, but it's, it's so, it's so funny to me that you bring up Elmer being the, the guy that you look to and, and his, his bourbon being what you hold in such high standards. But like, this is where I first had Elmer T. Lee. Here? Here. Really? I didn't know that. I, and I didn't know that you had such an affinity for him either. Oh, like, but I mean, I liked him because he was no frills. He didn't give a rat's ass <laughs> about marketing or anything. And I bet the he, bottle shows. I bet he'd be pissed to know that he has his own bourbon brand. And like, that's what he reminds me of my grandmother sure. a lot. Yeah. Like, you know, he could have easily stepped away from Buffalo Trace. When he when he could he could have easily, and like my grandma at seventy three was still here first person last person and she'd be at seventy three carrying a table from the basement and he'd be like give me that damn table <laughs> and she'd look at you and go do you want to still be employed <laughs> and that's kind of I saw that in Elmer that's and just was, like yeah. and like the cool story the Blanton story about how he what he did for Blanton even though Blanton's yeah. like I don't want to hire you yeah I thought that was awesome and it was more probably a to him but yeah, of course. I just, man, I, I've always liked him. I've always liked Harlan's story, too, because Harlan isn't one of those dudes that, he's like... He's not the showboat. He's not the showboat, but, he, man, he knows his stuff. Yeah, he absolutely And, I, like, him talking, he scares me, though, sometimes. Well, I think, I think that with the advent of Connor O'Driscoll at Heaven Hill, we're kind of seeing a return to form with Master Distillers in that way. That they're not there to be show ponies, and they're actually there to get the job done. And having spoken with Bernie over the past couple of weeks he, too, man, he and knows he's, stuff. but but he's also told me that they have really really upped their production. Oh, at Heaven Hill since Connor's taken over, and so instead of going out and you know trying to show off and and. You know, he's a, he's a hard worker, and he's trying to do his best for the brand as well. So hopefully that means in a few years we're going to have more bourbon. But <laughs> I think so. Because, like, let's think about it. When did the bourbon boom really start? Four years ago? I would have been, no, probably before that. Pro- I was going to say probably more like seven or eight. Let's just say five to be safe. Sure. Okay. Well, here in two years, Weller Antique. That seven year, we should be having mm-hmm. a lot of laid barrels down to that. Or then you're three years away from a 10 year product, supposedly. 
I would say we're getting to the point where they started realizing, okay, we need to lay more barrels down. No, they definitely have. And I mean, that shows in how many warehouses they've built over the past couple of years oh, as well. Oh, man, Buffalo Trace is massive. They've doubled. Like, it, easily. At least doubled. That eagle's nest on the hill, that thing is so cool. It's beautiful. That's one of my favorite things in the world to go up there. And oh, yeah. <laughs> they were like, do, are you, like, are we on one pig? They're like, do you want to go up there? And I was like, yeah, can we walk to like the top floor of the Rick House? She was like, yeah, like, why would we take you up there? And I we was can like, go one floor up. I was like, all right, well, let's go. <laughs> This, I one, like this them, one goes to 11. <laughs> but my, I really want to do a Willet barrel really bad. Do you? So bad. So bad. Not because of, like, the whole people thinking, like, you know, oh, I wear a Rolex, I drink Willet. But, like, no, just because I find myself gravitating to brands that kind of emulate, like, family-owned. Yeah, of course. Operated. That's awesome. In yeah. Kentucky. Like, I would love to, you know... Right. If I could have my whole back bar just be Kentucky bourbon or, to be honest, more people that are family owned and operated, I'd do it tomorrow. Sure. Um, so I, that's what I like about Willet. And I've always wanted to do a Heaven Hill one as well. But there's just a certain cheat code or al- algorithm that I don't know to get allocation. I just don't know what it is. But I was about to say, you look like you got about one more in you. Yeah, and I'll go back to that Eagle Rare. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong. If I had a Saz 18 up there, we'd drink it, but I've never had one since I've worked here. Really? No. Just, it, that's really bizarre to me. We don't get, it just, well, like, I get. I guess it's part of the distribution thing. It is, but, like, you know, they, they take care, like, la- last year, this was the first year I had an Eagle Rare since before I bartended or bar managed. We had one when I was, like, 13 busing here. But, um,. I also now, too, like, have taken over ordering and kind of know, like, how I can, what I can do, but it's all really weird. <laughs> like, how It's that all about works. distribution and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and, like, it, it's all weird, especially, like, when Sazerac owns all these brands and they say, like, okay, buy Sazerac, you'll get better Sazerac allocation. Yeah. Well, it's just weird when, like, 1792. They just switch distributors. Yeah. Well, if I order 1792, does that still count for my, like, how does another distributor's product help my other distributors? Like, like, let's say my Pappy allocation. If I'm buying 1792, which technically used to help, does it still help? <laughs> you still, no? still got to buy uh, Wheatley. <laughs> oh, I, to be honest, I, I'll support Wheatley is a great vodka sure. for the price. And, you know, we use it in cocktails and we do really well with it. Um, but, yeah, like there's ne- they, they, they never sh- there's not like a sheet where it's like you do this, you do this, you get this. That's how it's always been like told to us, though, is that like, you know, you, you, the store or the rep comes in and they're like, you've got to sell this many cases of Wheatley vodka and then maybe you'll get an ancient age. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's been the the general understanding, but I mean, I don't think that that's a a a, a, a sustainable business model. No, and I mean, like I think it was three years ago, my rep goes, "Oh, we found these in the warehouse," and I was like, "She said we have ancient ancient age," and I was like, "Yeah, I'll take that." Yeah, thinking it was gonna be like ten star for some reason, it got distributed to Kentucky, mm, but no. 
No, it was H and H and H ten year from ninety a ninety oh well a ninety three right. bottle or no a two thousand three bottle, and I'm like, wait, you all found those in the warehouse? I'll pay you five hundred dollars to just let me run the warehouse, and if I find another one, <laughs> let me keep it. Because like you know they came in at like you know wholesale price of ancient H and H. Yeah, exactly. So I called her that like that minute was like, uh, yeah, I'll take five like whatever I can get of that. Yeah. And she was like, no, we just got lucky and found that. So there's, there's places, like, you know, when you see some of these new bars open up that have, like, crazy vintage list or yeah. crazy list, there's a lot more of it sitting out than we really think. But that also then makes me think, like, how is the market going the way it is? Because if you didn't see, Sotheby's just had an auction two days ago. It was all one seller. He had 10 Red Hook Rise from Linnell's. He had 10 of them, and they went for, like, no more than 20. And I've seen them sell for 33,000. He had 10 of those, had a bunch. He had, like, Hirsch 16s, and the reserve was set at $500. I bid on so much H and H and H thinking, oh, no, I'm going to have to drive to Washington, D.C., because that's the lowest they'll ship it to. Yeah. I almost won an H and H stage for two hundred twenty five dollars. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And I honestly, uh, cont- no. like, I called a buddy of mine was like, who's a, a money guy. I was like, so do you think it's worth it to like sign up for a student loan and like just buy like five Linnells Red Hook Rise and just like <laughs> sit on them? And he was like, Dexter, I think you're kind of crazy. And I was like, <laughs> but they, they were all some one dude's collection. Yeah. So like, there's there's, but. There's stuff out there, yeah. There's stuff out it, there. The thing that scares me about the market is I think there's a lot of market manipulation and shill bidding. Oh, that's... That's been my fear since day one of joining. Because, like, you know, the, the groups work different than a lot of other hobbies. Yeah. Like, you've never... Have you ever seen a hobby where, okay, you pay first, and if it gets to you, first delivery... Then it's your responsibility. But, like, let's say it doesn't, then they have to, like, that's not how any other hobby yeah. works. And I've just always been worried of, you know, especially, like, some private group does a barrel pick. They post it in a national group. Well, nobody knows your private group of 200 dudes, so they don't know who's in it. So then right. some guy bids your bottle up to $700. You sell it to him. Well, you never have to prove that that actually sold. So that's what worries me yeah. about the market, especially now. But I don't do anything with it. Like, I have no... With the Vintage Spirits law, I can kind of get into the market. But my whole philosophy on Dusties or bottles of bourbon is I'm going to price it to where I can, can kind of keep it. Sure. But if I sell it all out, I'm not mad. Yeah. And I don't want to go buy a... $2,500 bottle I have to charge two fifty dollars an ounce for and then I here in five years if I go belly up I'll get to drink it and be really angry about it yeah sure but collecting's weird man I don't know when did that when did that become I swear that's the last like year and a half like where it's I'm a whiskey collector and there's always been whiskey collectors but when was I... it like predominantly whiskey collecting Truth be told, I feel like people started noticing when Neat came out. So I haven't seen it. I mean, you should. 
It's great. I want to watch it. It's great. But like, I, I think that's when it became a viable thing or something that people started taking a little bit more seriously. I did see a Facebook article or ad the other day and it was like the vintage whiskey and uh, spirits market is up 529% over the markets of vintage watches and vintage cars and everything. And I'm like, but who's, who's regulating that? How, it's y'all have a lot of liquor licenses or what? <laughs> We're trying to get doxxed by, by Facebook. I, but I saw that and it makes sense though. I mean, yeah. I've seen the market go up, but even still, I do, do. I ever think the bu- now I'm at the point where I'm like the bubble's never gonna pop. We're, I mean, we're at Pokemon cards at this point. We're no, at, I don't think I don't think it will either. And that's anymore. A lot of people. Someone I had this argument with someone the other day. They're like, "Well, you can get '80s baseball cards for pennies," and I'm like, "Okay, well, they made millions of baseball cards. There's only I mean, so many yeah, bottles of whiskey. They, but like Saz 18 for this year, made 1,200 bottles for it. Yeah, exactly. But that doesn't make, it still is weird how a Saz 18 where there's only 1,200 of them, but like a 1990 CGF where they probably made like 100,000 of them or something. Why is a CGF still more than a Saz 18? There's, there's no, there's no like no, determining yeah. factor to the Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like there's no regulation in trying to set specific prices and whatnot. But. And like that's the weird thing too is there's the secondary market, then you have the the online market which is like 200% higher. It's just it's really gray right now. <laughs> and like, you know, I would like for it to slow down a little bit. It will. So that people can kind of, you know, gather their bearings and everything, but I I would just really like to see Dusty Turkey Go back go. to like two fifty, three hundred exactly. It, but it's like four seventy five, five twenty five, at the moment. And I, I just, I'm so frustrated. By I that. saw my dream bottle the other day sell for sixteen thousand dollars. Oh, 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 no! I asked the dude; he had an open one. I, I said, "Well, how much for a two ounce sample?" It's the No Chemist Willet, which is supposedly, and I don't know if it is true, but I believe it is true. It's a 18-year, 142.6 proof Stitzel, <laughs> which makes me like perk okay. up. Okay, all I right. Said, so, how much you want for a two-ounce sample? It's like ah, I'd have to have $1,100, and I was like, "Excuse me." I honestly <laughs> thought about being like, "All right, well, I'll give you how about a 2012 Thomas Handy straight up for a two-ounce <laughs> sample?" And then I was like, "Dexter, <laughs> think about this." But I mean, I can't imagine. That's, that's my dream. Yeah, of course. Or drinking National Distiller straight out of the barrel, but, you know, that won't happen. Story for another day. If I, hit a, if I get a um, time machine, there's two places I'm going. I'm going to 78. I'm seeing Van Halen on their first tour with Sabbath right when the this first album came out. I'm seeing Some Girls tour because that's my favorite Stones album. UK wins a national title. Steelers win a um, Super Bowl. Greece comes out, which is, yeah, that's one of my favorites besides Star Wars. Um, and then I'm going to 83 so I can buy up just crazy national distillers, crazy Stitzel, and go see Van Halen at the US Festival and drink some Jack Daniels with them. I didn't realize how well planned out all of this was in your head. 78 to 83, like, if I could be 21 years old for those four or five years, 
Yeah, that's where I'm going. And I'm literally just coming back with like tons of old granddad <laughs> being like, hey. The TARDIS is like wobbling as it goes through. The- no, no, no. Oh, dude, I, I don't think I'd make it back. <laughs> Probably not. Partying with Van Halen in 78. <laughs> or Sabbath at 78. Between Ozzy and David Lee Roth. I mean, I'd like to try at least, you know. <laughs> it's a two-week experiment. I did, so when Eddie passed, two days after he passed, I Ugh. got that. And I cracked a 83 Jack Daniels that I had. And man, dude, those old Jack Daniels. Green apple and just like. Really? That, I got a lot of it, honestly, out of this. Like, I, it took me back to that. And they're all wow. 90 proof instead of, I think they're 80 proof now. Yeah. It's, Is it 80 or 86? I think it's 80 proof, but like I haven't drank regular Jack since. I think the only time I drank while. Jack, I was out of the country and I went to some bar and out it was like, they were like, we have Jack and we have Jim Beam. And I was like, I'll take Jack Daniels. <laughs> I can't do Jim Beam. Oh, man. We're going on uh, three hours now. Over, over two of recording, but well, I've been here a while. We should uh, yeah, probably wrap up. Don't you think? Yeah, I think we... I got to go eat dinner. Yeah, I'm glad I brought this pizza, because <laughs> if I didn't bring this and eat, like, four of the slices before you got here, I hadn't eaten anything all day, and I was like, I think I'm going to eat something before he gets here. I had leftovers from Pasta Garage for lunch, <sighs> so... <laughs> Pasta Garage is so... <laughs> Have you been to that new Italian place in town? Um, Italics? No, I've not yet. I really want to go, Yeah, but I'm nervous, because I worked at a five-course Italian place, and out in Colorado and so I'm like you're going to be super critical yeah <laughs> and that's why I don't go out to eat a lot too is I'm super critical that's fair or I'm like this person why go, go why go anywhere else when you can just have something See, you love people say that here. and like I literally have probably like the last five meals I've gotten here from here are like chicken fingers <laughs> chicken wings <laughs> sides and fried chicken grouper so, fingers and I'm like ah man I don't want to look in the mirror anymore. <laughs> That's how I felt like halfway through the pandemic and it just did not get oh, any better. Well, that, I think that's what also helped me is I stopped drinking. Yeah. So I lost a little bit of weight, but then like I started just being like, oh, we'll just cook like this big, big meal at my house. And then realizing <laughs> it's me and my brother and I'm eating the whole meal by myself. <laughs> but yeah, dude, this has been like, Honestly, a breath of fresh air. Um, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And I, I really do hope that uh, people come from out of town. We've got plenty of Kentucky listeners as well. well yeah, come, come and, see uh, me. Come and visit the, the mayor again. Yeah, um, to be honest, come see me. Um, hopefully here in like another two months, I'll have more picks on the shelf. And hopefully be able to loosen up some bookends so that the bar seems a little bit more stocked. Um, <laughs> I say that while I'm looking at a bar that has no room on it, but... Um, I was going to say, it doesn't look too bad back oh, there. Oh, I have like 50 I could bring down. I just don't have room for it. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, man, regardless, everybody come see Dexter. Come see the American. And maybe I'll swing by as well and yeah. do that. And then be on the lookout. I'm going to start posting stuff to the Facebook, Instagram for Merrick about upcoming releases, upcoming dinners, uh, pretty much... It won't be till the fall, just because I get to a point yeah, of course. where I'm going to try to get this place at 60% packed, which is kind of an oxymoron, but, <laughs> you know, 
in the fall, I, I've started sending emails, and I do have a Great. charity barrel coming out around Thanksgiving. Ooh. And whatever the uh, patron saint of Thanksgiving is, is a reminder of what kind of barrel I'll be getting. So Ooh. be looking for that. All right. Well, come check out American. Dexter, good hanging out with you, buddy. Perry, I appreciate it. Absolutely. want to say thank you again to Dexter for allowing me to come into his family's inn and uh, wax poetic for a while about just just bourbon, man. It was just a good time. We just had a great time hanging out and drinking and, and chatting about, about the world of bourbon. just made me feel good for a little while. So, hey, I uh, wanted to throw a couple of tips and bits out there before we wrapped up. What have I been doing? A couple weeks ago, I mentioned that I was playing through the Zelda games I'm at the moment, playing through uh, A Link to the Past, which I love. It's been so much fun, and I'm looking forward to beating it here probably within the next week. Um, I feel like I've been reading something really good. Oh, there's a new... See, this is all just where people get uh, get kind of lost with the, the nerdy stuff that I recommend. But there's a new Crime Syndicate uh, series going on at uh, DC Comics that I've really, really enjoyed. Uh, there's only three issues out so far, but it's pretty fantastic. And I'm recording this on May the 4th. So it's uh, May the 4th Be With You Day, Star Wars Day. So i got to recommend, of course, the Star Wars movies. That's a dumb recommendation. People love Star Wars, right? And if you've not seen Star Wars, it's because you lived the Star Wars. So <laughs> check it out, I guess. Go check out a movie series that's been around for 50 years, almost 45 years at this point. So yeah, that does it for this week's episode. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at pritter1492 on all channels. If you want to follow the show itself, it's at my bourbon pot on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. You can leave us a five-star rating and review in your podcatcher app, as I said at the top of the show. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com, except for our Glencairns, which you can find at whiskeyambitions.com. I say this is my bourbon drinking glass on them. They're super, super cool. You love them. You can send questions or comments to this my bourbon shop at gmail.com. Had to catch my breath there for just a second. You can leave a voicemail for us for our infrequent barrel ring segment at 859-428-8253. I go live every Thursday on youtube.com slash this is my bourbon podcast. As of recording, we are just a couple shy of 800 subscribers, which means that we are getting super, super close to a thousand, which is nuts. I know 200 sounds like a lot, but we're going to keep pushing for it. I think we can do it. I think if I wind up in another situation where I do really well in, in that madness, uh, then that should be a pretty easy goal that we can achieve. But thank you all so much if you're here because of Matt Madness. If you're here because um, you're just a new subscriber on YouTube, thank you, thank you, thank you. I really do appreciate that. It means a lot to me. And uh, I'm still trying to work on doing more YouTube content. Uh, not going as easily as I had hoped that it was going to, but that's just kind of the way of things when you're a new dad. So otherwise, you can also support the show. Patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month. Five bucks a month gets you exclusive audio content, including the pregame chats and the last call, which come out uh, before and after every episode. I am many 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 weeks behind on a new last call but i'm gonna try to pick that back up here over the next couple of weeks 
That does it for this week's episode. Next week, we've got some lovely folks from the Rabbit Hole Distillery on the podcast. All right. Thank you all so much for listening, as always. We'll see you next week. But until then, I'm Perry, and this is my bourbon podcast. <laughs>